Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thy Ethos Podcast. Is it recording? No, I'm joking. We're <laughs> joking. <laughs> no, man. Oh, there's no... Oh, yeah. Is it recording? Ah, hi. You're joined by Daniel Tubello, Muka Konkola, Sesom Sage, Moses, Chilunjika, and uh, our special guest, Larato. Yo. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, good. Just Narato? Yeah, just Narato. Stage name Narato? Um, I don't really have a stage name anymore. Ah. Yeah. Wait, what? Why not? I don't know. I I decided to kill the whole blend thing. But blend music is still a thing, alright. Yeah. I think I also wanted to detach myself from Ah. from blend music. I didn't want it to be like me. Okay. So uh, that was one of the reasons, maybe subconsciously, but yeah, so I don't really use that. I think I kind of get that. Cute. Just a yeah. guy a guy called Lorato managing blend music. Yeah. 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 Well, makes sense. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to seem like less of a narcissist. Yeah. So Ah. Yeah. Just Lorato. It comes with age, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, what have you been up to, man? Um, like, since when? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about what, what you've been up yeah. to, yeah. and then we'll backtrack to who Lorato is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's okay. interesting. Fill us in, dude. Um, well, there was the tour. Yeah. That you know about. Uh, the Stasis Spray tour with, Bati- with Bachi and Critic. Um, apart from that, I've also been working on my, like, my company. Yeah. Um, which is check it out. Oh, okay. Oh, so that's yours. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I just saw that. What's it about? Um, it's and I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about not the other day about it and. Okay, it is what it is now, but it's in a, it's at a stage where it. I'm not, I'm not like boxing myself in, and it can. I want it to like kind of evolve into what it's going to evolve into. One of the things I don't want to do is to be set on, okay, this is what it is, this was the plan, and yeah. this is what it's going to be. It might end up being something else. Yeah, um, it naturally grow. Yeah. And, yeah, but it's basically just a financial services like hub. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Have you heard of Zazu? I have, yeah. Okay. Is it something in those lines? Uh, um, not exactly. So Zazu, from what I know, is like a payments uh it's a payments like Management gateway system, like, that. like it's gateway. A, yeah it's like a gateway kind of like another company called broadpay mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. With those yeah. Integration yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah so it's not in fact my ideally the the check it out website would have information about like those companies yeah. on it yeah. so for example if you want to know if you're in a centralized place where you can see which different payment gateways are available in Zambia. Yeah. It should be on the website where you can go and see, oh, if I want to use Zazu, this is what to be. Or if I want to use Broadpay, this is what to be. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm, that's nice. So, um, that's cool. Okay. So, there's that. Uh, what else did you mention? What, is, what else did you list down? Um, it was, yeah, just the tour. Yeah. Um, check it out. And check it out. Yeah. And check yeah, it that's, out. that's been pretty much... That's it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a simple man. Streamline things. You do, man. Make them work. No, it's, it's shocking because people like us have so much going on. 
Whose phone is that? I don't know a phone, so it's definitely not mine. <laughs> anyway, so people like us have so much going on. Like, I have my hands in like a truckload of pots, so yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I'm also like I've also like I was telling you the other day. I'm I've started working on producing Lumba's next project. Oh yeah. Um, and the thing that you don't talk about often, the the classes, but you know. Maybe you prefer to keep uh, it down also. Yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been doing that much yeah. recently, actually. Classes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like s- online teaching online oh. English. Ah. Yeah, I was being abstract with it because yeah. I didn't know English. if there was a liberty to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah you teach it. <laughs> Wait, but how, how does it work? Out? No, I haven't visited the site yet. How do you teach? Kids that do not understand English, English. Uh, well, actually, it's not just kids. Oh, okay. In fact, Probably most of the people is like it's adults. Okay. Um, and it's kind of uh, so it's basically uh, like an open, almost like an open platform. Yeah. Um, where you have to go through an interview process to get in, mm-hmm. and then you get selected by students depending on availability of your schedule. Okay. Um, but most of them have at least a decent profici- proficiency, so it's not like people who can't understand oh, English. Okay. Right. So they can speak it, and so maybe they just want to practice their conversation skills or, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh. Can it be used certificate-wise, like um, qualifications? Like uh, like to get into it or? Um, like at the end of the program, for example. Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just for the sake of it's learning. It's kind of like yeah, it's yeah, just for the sake of learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Then jumping on to uh, you wearing your production hat again, uh, producing for Lumba. Mm. Okay. So how, how's that? How's that going? Um, it's going good. Like, yeah. it's the good thing is that uh, it's the second time round that I'm yeah. doing it with her, so yeah. I can kind of do certain things differently from the first time knowing yeah. how it went and also the, because I've been playing bass for her oh, I'm cool. very familiar with all the songs already so it's quite yeah so it's been yeah it's been pretty easy to kind of structure the songs together because I'm very familiar with them okay. um, so you're still in that process of like demoing songs or maybe just writing them uh, dem- demoing the songs now okay. so yeah so just getting like the the structures down and like the instruments in and then seeing how they all sound together. Oh, okay. So you've got enough material for like uh, a full EP or album? Is that yeah, like, it's an EP, but yeah. Lumba has like, it It may, may not be an exaggeration to say yeah. she's written over a thousand songs. Oh, okay. So... Uh, like, I what, like surprised, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm not like... In fact, there's like, it's now like... If just today she sent me a song that she wrote today and then like yeah. <laughs> I think I want that on the EP as well because she's so prolific as yeah. a songwriter that yeah so there's so many things so yeah it might be for the sake of just um, uh, where we're at might be another EP but yeah. there's definitely enough material for like a full album there's a question I always ask like artists um, so just in tandem with like Lumba's um being prolific and whatnot is—is is that something that you fear, like running out of creativity? Uh, ah, yeah. no, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I I feel like the more that I practice yeah. my craft, yeah. the more, like the the more I discover yeah. as I go along the lines, and so I don't think I would 
I don't think this yeah, I don't I don't ever fear running out of like creative juice. Alright. And then do you have a say in in like the creative process as far as like Lumba's music is concerned? Like if she pitches an idea to you like a you, song. Yeah, or like a song, do you do you have that um that standpoint say oh okay i don't like this song maybe let's not add the song uh, yeah. um i asked her like uh, like what songs do you want to be on the on your next ep and then so yeah. she sent me a list and then yeah. i was like yeah cool and then she, she asked me which songs i think should be in there so i suggested like maybe one or two but it came from her okay yeah yeah cool i think it's easier when you know the person you're working with because if you have others the EP sounds like 10 different artists in one thing. <laughs> Just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like cohesion is of sound is something that I really want to get in this yeah. EP. So actually, most of the songs, I was actually glad that she picked were going with her kind of blues yeah. rock thing that she's been doing more recently. So the sound, the kind of the vibe of the, the EP will be that. And so oh, cool. I've also been listening to a lot of blues rock yeah yeah uh, almost, like re- research and also just like listening yeah getting a feeling yeah. well this is cool because I never get to talk to Lorato about his creative process with Mumba like yeah. we never get to talk about our creative process like as far as like stasis is yeah. concerned we just we just do <laughs> it's like oh okay it's like, it just happened we gathered recorded yeah yeah and the, the previous album was pretty much like Chana's instrumentals and my vocals yeah like I don't think you played that much of like um, a writer as far as like the creative process was concerned or a composer either because how many songs did you compose? Um, I think it was just two. Yeah. It was a bag of bones and yeah. anarchy. That was it. And then we rage against the, the thing right. we but we kind of did it together. Yeah. Uh, but that was your yeah that was your riff. Yeah. But apart from those three, I didn't really have any creative inputs in terms of the music, yeah. In light of uh, everything, don't you think it's very important to, to like discuss what you're going for or whatever you're going to present to the world? Yeah. It's very it, yeah, it is important. important. And we, 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 we did that actually. Not for the first <laughs> album, for like recently when oh, yeah. we like we met up and yeah. we're like, oh, let's we try. let's mm-hmm. do this. But it's like with Stasis, it's it's difficult because it's like five four people, uh, whereas like with Lumba, it's like just two people. So it's easier even to like just get us together in the same room. Whereas with Stasis, it's like when can we all like meet it's together? Live TV so it's, it's a bigger animal. So like, yeah. That's why Lorato has the thing he's working on with Lumba because you know he's got that outlet. Yeah. And I sought out that outlet as well. And I was like, you know, I think I should try my own thing as well. So yeah. I think if you focus strictly on stasis, it would be a bit consuming, be burnt out, yeah, and pissed for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah. you have to let it breathe and then get back to it. Yeah, and so, also. Oh yeah, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was going to say I'm also I can be a lot more hands on like with Lumba's projects yeah, than I can be right. with <laughs> with the Stasis project. Yeah. Um, exactly. And yeah, like like I said, with two people, like during like the our the last EP, like we had so many fights 
like <laughs> so many fights like with the songs yeah. and like so much back and forth where I'm like okay this is what she's asking me to do and I feel like I've done it yeah. and I give it to her and she's like oh, no that's not it and I yeah. did it again and like it was really like it got really heated yeah. like at a certain point where I think we had even been like okay let's not work together again wow. uh, <laughs> music <laughs> It's the passion. It's all about. That just passion. goes to show how, how passionate you guys are about yeah. the, about the craft. And what matters is you cross over that those differences. Yeah. You come to understand them. Well, what, which movies are those? Beyonce movies, yeah. uh, where she acted like in the oldies and stuff. Where this guy, white guy, produces them. Is it Cadillac Records? I don't really There's know a song. that much about Beyonce's. No, um, it's kind of his story. Is it the Etta James. Where she's playing Etta James? Yeah, yeah. should be. Yeah. You, the the was it the producer? What like? Oh, I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> you know, you push someone hard, yeah. and they face challenges. They're like, it's hard, it's hard for me. Yeah. I don't know if I want this anyways. Then in the end, the artist becomes the artist, yeah. and then the producer has to make a choice: and let the bird fly yeah. or fly with the bird. <laughs> mm. At the end of it all, you're like proud of your your work or whatever you produced so yeah and it all goes back to like that conversation we had with Lumba last time where I think we talked about the song Overflowing uh-huh. yeah and she was like that that section where there, there's like trumpets playing yeah. like you're not down with that idea oh no I, I was yeah. I was yeah so, so she lied she, she, yeah, yeah you lied yeah. Lumba uh, but I was down yeah, with the trumpets yeah. um, but <laughs> But the drums for that song was yeah. were really difficult to get to like something that that's actually the song that I had in mind yeah. when I was saying like I would do something because we went back and forth so much yeah. over those drums yeah. and it's also because sometimes it can be difficult to communicate what's in your mind so yeah. she's like I want like yeah. the drums to be like boom da, 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 boom da, da, da. Yeah, so I'm yeah, like yeah. I'm hearing that I'm like okay let me do that then she's like that's not what I'm hearing in my yeah, mind yeah. so <laughs> like yeah that song was. It's interesting though, like it still it still gets to work. Yeah, you know? like opposing forces that yeah, like, work for one to feels cause. make yeah. one feel. Yeah. So on, yeah. on this upcoming EP album, mm. uh, what should we like expect? Um, well, I can actually I don't want to talk too much about it because <laughs> yeah, it's right? you know it's Lumba's EP and then oh, I'm just okay. producing it. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Good songs, yeah. Good songs, very good. <laughs> I like the quality is always good, so you can yeah, it's, that. It's actually pretty. The last one was awesome. Mm. Actually, I was your vibe out of it, but mainstream wise, I still feel like it's not mainstream enough. Like, the right music is not loud enough. You only have the generic. House. Was it supposed to be mainstream though? Um, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is. Lumba actually really likes like pop music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she likes she likes pop music. Yeah. Like, and Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I like Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah. Well, some of her music anyway. Yeah. But like, she likes like proper pop music. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I know that if I was if I wasn't the one producing and she had like a pick of a producer, she'd probably make a pop album. Um, but yeah, it wasn't meant to be mainstream. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had more like an indie vibe. I still what was you talking about Lumba's project? Yeah. Talk about the yeah. Dude, how did you get started doing whatever it is you've been doing? Let's let's start with the music. And we can move on to other things. Like, like check it out. 
Check it out. Check it out. Check it out, man. So you say like the Japanese. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, so the music. How did I get started with the music? Um, I started off as a rapper. Yeah, I started off as a rapper. Um, I think my rapping started in like an English class in high school, and uh, we were asked to write a poem. I think it was about the Hobbit, um, and it like rhyming words came so easily to me. Yeah, and like my teacher was being like really like impressed with like my poem. Yeah, and so and I really loved like hip hop, like. As much people see me and they're like, oh, yeah, in a rock band, and they see yeah. me as like, oh, rock. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, I'm more of a, uh, probably more of a hip hop head yeah. than I'm a, like a rock head. Yeah. So, like, um, hip hop was like, actually, it wasn't the first, I wouldn't necessarily say it was the first music that I fell in love with, but it was the first music that I fell in love with, or the first artist I fell in love with yeah. wasn't a hip hop artist. Yeah. But yeah, so it was hip hop. And like, I remember, like, when I was really young, my eldest brother, Nkumbu, he was like a big hip hop fan and he would come with like cassette tapes mm. of like one of my earliest memories is Rough Riders anthem. Uh, <laughs> the, the DMX yeah, Rough Riders anthem. That, that, you know, that, that takes me back as well because like just when you see yeah. the tapes, I was just like, that's the old Yeah. For me, it was my, my uncle. He's, he's late now, but similar experience. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. The funny thing is that they started listening to hip hop not until I was 16. What were you listening to before that? Nothing. No, not just yeah, Rough yeah. Riders. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Rough Riders Anthem was the first song that like comes to memory. And um yeah, I remember he was a big Jay Z fan as well. Yeah. So a lot of Jay Z. Um and I uh, remember <laughs> one of my earliest memories buying a tape was going to the market. I grew up in Kasama. Yeah. So going to the market with my mom and so we were in the we there was like a stand where they used to sell cassette tapes. And so me and my brother she was like, Oh you guys can buy um, you know, tapes. So me and my brother decided to buy one each. So I bought a DMX tape, oh. and my brother bought Jay Z's Dynasty album. So we went into the car and we're like, we're waiting for for my mom. And so we put the the tapes in the car. You had to wait for her to like leave the car. So no, as we we were just like, oh. okay. And most of the music we were exposed to was also like TV channel O and oh, things. Yeah, and back yeah, then TV, they it was heavily censored. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like. A lot of the artists we didn't even know like used to cast in their music yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was censored on TV. Yeah. So like we put in like the Jay Z album and then like there's a lot of cast words and yeah. we're even like taken aback like whoa like what's going on here? And so I was like so I was like yo Joseph like this this Jay Z guy you've got is yeah. like cussing let's listen to my guy yeah. DMX. <laughs> so we put it in and like it was like yeah more of the same. No <laughs> worse. So yeah, so and then me and my my siblings like we lived when we got to DSTV, 
we practically lived on MTV. Yeah. And so we used to, and back then, yeah, there was like a lot of hip hop, um, Jay Z and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was like my where my like interest like for music came from. Although funny enough, my first the first artist that I fell in love with was not a, was not a hip hop artist. It was actually, a, I guess a raga, uh, Shaggy. Oh, yeah. I loved Shaggy, and yeah. that's not like love is not even an exaggeration. <laughs> like, uh, and it's funny because I was like his songs were very like sensual, and yeah. I was a kid listening to this. I didn't yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. So like the the Hot Shot album, which is the album which had Angel and uh, wasn't me. Wasn't me. Yeah, that's like the, the first Shaggy song. Hope, ever. Yeah, that's, like that's I got that idea. that album on tape. I used to bump it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went to South Africa and I bought his uh, his album. I can't remember. Uh, Boombastic. Uh, Mister Lava Lava. They call me Mister Boombastic. <laughs> Let me fantastic. <laughs> I had that on CD and like uh, I, I loved yeah. Shaggy's music. Like. Yeah. I was like obsessed I with his music. Most interesting, chill music. Everyone likes that music. Yeah, like ten, like ten. For me, it was just that one. Yeah. Wasn't Westlife. me. Song. What did you say? Westlife. Westlife. Oh yeah, Westlife. I, I love Westlife. Yeah, Westlife and Boys. Backstreet Boys. I like. Yeah. I started with Backstreet Boys, and it was like Westlife because of my sister, and then. Like I had a crush on a girl, and I, I, I would imagine singing those songs to her, like ballad style, and you know, like she me, like me and my friends all dressed up in like boy band attire and uh, singing the songs. The era of the boy band, right? Yeah. Kenya had the same experience with that guy, the Zambian guy, Chocolate. Uh, chocolate. Who is? Yeah, like. I think I remember seeing one song by Chocolate. I've never heard of Chocolate. Uh, yeah, I know. I think it's a song. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's right there, the so, tip of my mind. Yeah. Like, but he, 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 he does doodles on it. Uh, it he is, just, uh, was it just show? Which is your doodle? The Post newspaper. It was only the Post, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. He used to, like, yeah, if you do, you do, you do, you Maybe if I heard the song. Yeah. It was him who did Soul Chavez. Yeah. Yes. That's like the, the only chocolate song I know. Uh, I had another yeah. one which I had a video and it's the type where they get a girl and he's like vibing her and she's just standing still. <laughs> Yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, early Zambian music. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, where was I? Your style of rap. How, like, you, you did say, uh, like, Rough Riders was part of the music you were listening to. So, what style of rap were you, um, like, just after you did the poetry thing? So, that was, like, in high school, that was, like, 2003, 2004. Um... So back then, I had 2004. I had like a new obsession. It was Kanye West because yeah. he just dropped uh, College Dropout, yeah. and yeah, like I still remember like the first time I listened to that album. Like I was I was, I was at a boarding school, and uh, I was so driving home to Kasama, and for holiday, and my sister. <laughs> it's funny when I think about it now and yeah. you'd laugh if you met her now she's a doctor but yeah. back then she was like uh, a part-time DJ at the radio in Kasama okay. and so I I remember I even like 
giving us a shout out like oh you know yeah. my brothers are away from school so let me play them this song and she played not Kanye she played uh, um, that's Asha song with Ludacris and yeah 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 then uh, so I got home and she was like oh, like so again we lived on MTV and she was like guys there's this like new rapper who's out and like he actually like talks about like you know real stuff yeah. and he's like produced by Jay-Z uh, of course we didn't know what yeah. produced by means but yeah, yeah, yeah. like produced because Jay-Z was there in the studio in the video so it was yeah. like you know it's produced by Jay-Z yeah. and so she got because she was at the radio she used to get a lot of music so she got a bootleg copy of like the album on CD and so we put it in and we're, me and my brother and we were playing Burnout 2 on Playstation and like that was the soundtrack to us playing like Burnout 2 and like the entire album was going on and it was just like whoa like this 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 dude is actually pretty dope yeah. so like my early like kind of influences when I started rapping was like kind of more shifted towards like that kind of conscious style rap okay let me just pause you for a moment there you guys were playing Burnout and listening to a Kanye West album yeah so that means you you pretty much turned off the the, 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 the music that was, uh, in the, that was in the game yeah pretty much you were not listening to rock music at the time, right? No. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't... Because it's like lots of rock music that played in Burnout. Uh, so that would have been like a good... I actually... Without, like a segue into you listening to that music or something? I don't know. Uh, actually, it's unlikely that I would have gotten into rock back then. Yeah. Because I had been... Uh, not too long after that, I had been misinformed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Indoctrinated. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. So at my school, which was a Christian school, yeah. um, uh, Chengelo. Oh, okay. So we they had us watch this documentary called Hell's Bells, okay, yeah. which is basically a documentary about how rock music was yeah. demonic yeah. and. <laughs> and it, it was funny, like when I when I, I thought back, and one of the songs that they spoke about, and this is just a testament to us to how great this song is, by the way. One of the songs they talked about, like I still remember, this was like. 15 years ago and I remember the, this song it was Another One Bites the Dust by Queen oh yeah and they're like you know if you play that song backwards yeah then there's a message that says start smoking marijuana <laughs> start smoking marijuana <laughs> yeah and, but like this, I was young yeah. you know watching this and I was just like whoa so like yeah. rock music is demonic so that like that was just what I thought yeah yeah do you feel like that's like I think I'll call it like a like a zeitgeist. Do you, do you feel like that's that's um, an error prone thing? Because I think growing up, it was more of like the rock music thing, and then as we grew older, it became hip hop, uh, and then like you know Illuminati and what uh, whatnot. Like, do you, do you feel like it's it's just the spirit of the time? Uh, you know, things like that come up. I definitely feel there's the essence of that, and yeah. also maybe with what maybe they target what's popular yeah. you know because yeah. around the time of queen rock music was the popular music yeah, yeah, around much. the world yeah. and then later on that became hip-hop which became the most like influential music yeah. so i think it could also be tied to basically what's there mm-hmm. and then um yeah okay cool uh oh yeah so kanye, kanye. burnout yeah so yeah to answer muka's question yeah. yeah so like my early raps was kind of like Kanye was the artist that I was most in love with around the time that I would say I started rapping. Yeah. Um. But then, 
like my eldest brother was also a big influence to get into getting me to start rapping because yeah. back then like Zambian rappers were unheard of mm-hmm. and then um, my brother was part of this group called Pitch Black who are an early like hip hop like group okay. they had yeah. the guy called the, probably the most prominent guy from there is a guy called 5'4 I don't know if you'd have heard of him nah, I don't think so. he was this he was uh, yeah he was he was really good my brother yeah. and some other guys B-Mac he's now an actor on his own what's that popular Zambian Sopi right now Zuba yeah, yeah I think he's, he's an actor on that yeah so he was a rapper on that as well yeah and yeah, so they had this song that they released and it was just like whoa like these guys are Zambian yeah. and like they're doing hip hop yeah and like they recorded a song and it was just like okay it's like maybe I can do this yeah and then my other brother also like began rapping Joseph and um, he was rapping with a friend from school and so they started like recording stuff so i was like okay maybe i can do this as well you know but the only thing is when they were recording they had a producer who is to like make beats for them so i i, I didn't have a producer so i'd be like yo guys i want some beats yeah. but then like they're like although my brother refuses this but they're like you know they're kind of like you know nah so i didn't have anyone to make these beats for me so i was like you know what i might as well just do it myself yeah so which is what I even say in the cool song. But anyway, so I was just like, you know, I might as well do it myself. So I started playing around on Fruity Loops. So I started the producer journey. Usually yeah. we're doing the podcast. You know, we might as well just play Cool by Barato to, like, learn his story. Yeah. You know about Yeah, I sh- actually shouldn't have come here. I should have just been, <laughs> the podcast should have just been, like, cool. Let's, let's just play, yeah. And it has um, my, yeah. my entire story. Yeah, yeah. Young, which was a pretty easy progression. Wait, but wasn't Forever Young released in 
So this is now like two thousand nine, somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so by then you still hadn't. By then I still play. hadn't oh, okay. learned how to play, and yeah. so I'd gone to university. I was in Namibia now. Yeah, yeah. And I continued my like producing, and I would produce for. Like, I would even, like, I'd go to a point where I started selling my beats to, like, oh, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even before I could learn how to, like, play. Yeah. I can't even remember. It must have been, like, 100 rand or something. Yeah. yeah. Roughly but, how much it was back then? Back then would have been, like, maybe, I guess, like, 50 quarter or something. Mm-hmm. So. Sounds just about right. Yeah. <laughs> I made a beat. I'm selling it. Yeah, the good old, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then I, I, I then I don't know what made me. Oh, it was so then I, um, so like I met um, Bernard Shalou yeah. at university, and um, when I met him, he was not an artist or anything. Yeah, he was someone who I just like we would talk and like would have these really deep conversations and like i was i just used to be like yo dude like your mind like the things like the concepts and things that you're able to yeah. i'm like because back then my mind was all hip-hop yeah so when someone says something cool i'm just thinking that would be a cool hip-hop yeah. song or oh, like yeah, that would be yeah. cool in a song yeah, yeah. so i was like dude if you could rap yeah. with these things that you're saying like yeah. you would be dope yeah so he then like i was like okay cool so he started like rapping yeah um and then i, was, I also met china um from Sacy Spray. I met him there as well. And then so like I used to like do this rap thing and stuff, but then I was like, you know it would be cool if like I did like a if we did the hip hop and rock thing. Yeah. So I was like, yo, Chana, you can play guitar and then you know we can rap. Yeah. So it was uh yeah, so we can rap. But then we still need but it was meant to be a band. Yeah. So Chana could play guitar, so we still needed people to play other instruments. So me and Shadow were like, okay, so I'll play keys. Mm-hmm. I'd naturally drifted to the keyboard first because of Fruity Loops. It's oh, everything yeah, yeah. is in a key, yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh, in a piano, piano role. Yeah. So, and that was what I naturally drifted to. So I was like, oh, I'll take on keys. And then Shadow was like, I'll take on guitar. Um, so we I, we made a pact one December when we came coming back home. Like, um, so like we're going to like practice like crazy. So yeah, when we come yeah. back next year, we're able to actually play a song. Yeah. So that's how I got into like the live music thing. Oh, I, nice. Yeah. I got home and that December I spent almost every waking minute on my keyboard. Oh. So like I got these videos, these like tutorials from YouTube. Yeah. Not not tutorials, like the ones where like to be a song and then they will have like a, what what do you call it? Yeah. No, no, like they'll have like the keys like falling down and oh, yeah, yeah, a synthesia, yeah. it's yeah, called, okay, yeah. yeah. So like we'll just be copying what's there and like learning how to play it. Yeah. And I was so like cooked up in my room, like my parents became worried. <laughs> like I remember my dad actually having a talk with me saying like, you know, it's good that you're not out there running around. and <laughs> but you, Yeah, yeah but yeah. you know, it's, it's good for you to have friends, you know, like because like... Don't you have, like, friends to, like, you know, but I was just so focused on, like, learning how to play this thing. Did you have friends outside of university, though? At that time, not really, actually, yeah. (laughs) I didn't really have friends. One of the things that happened because of, because I changed high school when I did, Yeah. um, I, I was in, like, a weird place where, like, I lost most of like the friendships I had from like my boarding school uh-huh. and then I wasn't at my next school long enough to really form formulate uh, yeah, okay yeah. I mean if anyone is seeing this and therefore <laughs> and 
Yeah, I did form formulate friendships, but yeah. like not exactly very substantial. Not yeah. <laughs> or clearly not very long lasting um, friendships. Yeah. Um okay. so yeah, so like I just, most of my friends were like from university. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So cooked up in your room, learning how to play keys. I'm curious now. Uh, social behavior as in how how is it for you like currently especially now that you're taking not just the production jobs mm-hmm. but these are projects as well like uh how do i interact like yeah. socially yeah um like socially that wasn't that wasn't really a problem for me um when i was at university i was quite social um although I went to university in Namibia, and like a lot of Zambians go to university there. So most of my friends there were Zambians, yeah. like when I was in Namibia. Um, and I used to like party a lot <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, like I used to party a lot and stuff. So yeah, it was never really like an issue. And then, and even now, like um, I the job that I did for like five years. Uh, before I quit was a people job yeah. and the first part of the job when I joined was on the phone I had to constantly speak to people on the phone then after that it was like having meetings with people so uh, I mean I can't even count the number of people that I've met yeah. and the job I did like I had to meet like the high net worth people so the super rich people mm. so You'd usually, and in the beginning, there was a bit of an anxiety of like, you know, like I'm going to meet this guy and he's like yeah. a CEO of this country, yeah. company, or I'm meeting this guy who's like this like big shot entrepreneur. But then from like meeting them and like it's it just kind of it it was an interesting job because yeah. you got to really see the psychology of like human behavior a lot because there's just certain things that you'd see from you know and you had to know because it was a sales job. Yeah. And you can't really be a good salesperson if you don't understand human behavior and yeah. human psychology to a certain extent. That's why we do this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I joke. <laughs> <laughs> to become it's, good salesmen? No, no, it's, it's all just, it's, it's, it's a weird experiment to understand, you know, people and their backgrounds and we all, well, what makes people behave the way they behave. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mm. yeah. you, don't, you don't know, like, um, what was this, Elon Musk? Yeah. That new episode, Rick and Morty. He's I haven't seen there. any. He's in there. Like he's in such a silly thing. I haven't seen anything really. He's just there. <laughs> if, 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 I, if I, I wouldn't be surprised though, because like last, is it early earlier this year? He he got a song out on SoundCloud. He did. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. He was yeah. Like he was like messing around, and then he uh, his current spouse is like an industrial art rock yeah. kind of artist. So I'll be like, yeah, I see where it comes from. Where, yeah, like I, I see that, that that like kid in him. And have you seen the new Tesla? The yeah, cyber truck. Cyber truck. There's yeah. backlash. Like they were yeah. testing it out. The glass broke. It was yeah, terrible. but 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 then it, it it all came from something that he drew when he was like two years old or something. So oh, yeah? that's where that design came from. Yeah, yeah. Now much. it makes sense. Yeah. I haven't had time to read so, about it. So. Uh, <laughs> I actually I actually like the design. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I think so, it's pretty cool. It's conceptual, like it makes sense. Blade Runner, yeah. Tron esque. Yeah, but it's completely electronic, right? I should think so. Yeah, because yeah. I'm really liking where those are going. Anyways, I was just trying to say, such a person, you can tell. There's so much behind him, yeah. but if you just look at him as he's a business mogul, he's, he's got a giant company, you wouldn't really get to 
understand the person like that until you've spoken to them. Mm. Yeah, I actually think that's why he has um, some kind of a cult of personality because of that. He's not like closed in. Yeah. Mm. Like, like, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about Bill Gates nowadays apart from... Um, well, uh, Bill Gates was pretty much goofy as well, so uh, I think that's why people liked him. And he was a joker. And but recently, it's just the works is doing through NGOs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so you can't really hear anything silly anymore. Well, he still makes jokes. Like there was that reason when he did about like the water thing. Yeah. 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 What water thing? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it was a project. Thing yeah, well. that's the thing. Yeah. I was. I, 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 I project. Yeah, the toilet project. Okay, oh. I end there. Okay, but it's a very good project. Like if <clears throat> it's it works, yeah. but you don't want to try it. Look into it. Let's not okay. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Is it like a Japanese style toilet? It's not really. <laughs> no, it's not really. It's it's about the end game. Okay, so okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the toilet the toilet isn't the central theme. It's it's the what 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 goes oh. what goes in. You know what? Let's yeah. So let's you interact with a lot of um, these people. Uh, Relatively, that's like within the environment of your career. But outside of it, like ordinary people, do you get time to interact with the normals? Um, not really. Actually, I'm not. I'm not really a very social person, and I always feel kind of awkward when people ask me like, "What do you do for fun?" Or like, "Why? Where do you go?" Like, what? Because I'm like. Because it's either if I'm not like performing um, at a show or something on the weekend, then like I can't be, like I even start to think like, oh, what do I do like for fun <laughs> like? Yeah. And yeah, I'm not not exactly the most social person. And like I said, when I was at university, I used to, like party and club a lot, and I think I kind of burnt that end of the stick because I did it so much so that like now that it that I don't it doesn't really interest me that yeah. much rumor has it you were aggressive <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet that's channel say that <laughs> okay. like you can't even tell it looks very composed yeah. like okay if it breaks then it's serious <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't know about that uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like it was necessary for you to go through that phase in order for you to become who you are uh, uh, yeah I think yeah. It, it was and yeah. in a lot of ways like um, like it's different for I guess for different people but in a lot of ways I feel like I'm not this people, I'm, I might catch some flack for saying this but I feel like you kind of not, not have to but it's almost like a right of it's like a good thing if yeah. you go through, if you like dabble in certain things at a certain period in your life, um, but it might depend also on how your personality, I guess. Because yeah, yeah. I think I'm uh, maybe a curious type where, like, if I hadn't dabbled in that right now, like, I'll be like, huh, you know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see. I see your angle. Yeah. I think it's subjective, though. Too. Yeah. Like you, like you said. Like, yeah. Because yeah. for me, it's kind of individual. the opposite. Yeah. Like, I get curious. But if it's completely out of the scope of my, what can I say, limits, mm. I just get like, nah, yeah. it's okay. Like, the, 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 a number of times, there's a friend of mine who's very wild, and he tries very hard to conform me to his lifestyle. He ends up being similar to me instead. I do not... <laughs> can, can I... I'm curious. So you say he's very wild. What do you um, mean by that? He, uh, he drinks. Um... Uh, Girls, 
Um, and he's also into the music things. He drinks in the. Ah, okay. Okay. Can you can you elaborate? <laughs> okay. So like. Uh, I I drink. No. I. No. I'll give you. I'll give you. This. You know. Um. If you're going to drink, I believe you have to have certain things. Uh. In line. For example, if you're dependent on someone and you're drinking, I think it's wasteful and it's disrespectful and it's kind of degrading. You you won't really progress like that. Anyways, then the next, if you drink and um. You have no control, then you should stop. Basically, as in that's that's how I think. If you're going to do that, mm-hmm. and if you're going to handle women like my friend, uh, he has a girlfriend. She stays home most of the time. She only comes out when, like, when he when she comes out, she even tells him, "I'm I'm actually heading out. Would you like to link up and stuff?" For him, he'll hit up if she's busy. He'll hit up another one. If she's busy, he'll hit up another one. And every weekend is like. Oh, there's this other girl, and recently he picked me up. He was like, um, "What? What is he helping me with?" It was there was a phone that was locked, um, so he said the friend could help me. So he drove. We picked up a girl along the road. He got her number. Side <laughs> <laughs> check. And you know, obviously, you know where it goes. Like you've got those types of people. There's always um, the wild, the wild and, people. Yeah. So. I see those options, and I even know, like, if I was doing it, this is how I'd be doing. It. And I think that's how. That's why you were like, "What do you mean by drinking?" Because <laughs> it's I don't I don't believe my family. My mom used to drink. My dad used to drink. My sister drinks. Uh, my brother and I don't. We had no issue with that. Mm. It's just you see them, like even the way they used to be. They're drinking in a group. Everyone else is behaving funny. They just come up. They start dancing together. You're like, yeah, that is something that's <laughs> behaving so casual and stuff. Yeah. But never would you see them like cross the line or he comes back drunk and beats, beats us up. He only used to whip us when we just behave like when we pretend to be wrestlers. Yeah. So. Mm. No, I was just asking because I'm I'm curious about labels and what people attribute to certain labels uh-huh. uh, so i'm always curious as to when someone says something and they put a label on something what that label means to I that person it's, it's a very dangerous period we're in i think there was a time we talked about um being too sensitive like if i say man you, you drink too much you, why should you be offended like i see it you shouldn't be offended you know your your deal right mm. if i say uh, there are drunks out there and you drink. Why, why put yourself in that equation? I don't know. It's, 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 it's a peculiar place. Mm. And I think it has a lot to do with guilt. Like, even if you're in a certain place, like even for me right now, for my work, I sense a lot of guilt. Like, I've done this. I know I've done the best I can. But did I? Those type of mm. moments. It's, it's, it's all in the mind. And this environment we're in is not helping. Like, Everyone is on the edge. If you say something simple, they yeah. complicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, interesting. Yeah, I like. I have re- recently made a conscious decision to kind of, like, um, to kind of try and not do labels. In like my life and also in my interactions, I like to kind of get people's understanding. So I rather than labels, I prefer kind of. Uh, what's behind those labels yeah, yeah. because 
life I've see I've noticed is a lot about perspective, and every single person in the world has a different perspective. True. Yeah, and so, words also have formed different meanings to different people, mm-hmm. uh, in in a way that. I, so I'm not really that concerned about what a word is as opposed to what is behind that word okay. to that person. Yeah. Um, for example, if you take the word Christian as a label, if somebody has, let's say a child has been molested by a priest, a Catholic priest mm-hmm. in the Catholic church, that the word Christian will have a negative yeah. Uh, impression, yeah, connotation to them. And that, like, so if you speak to that person and then you bring up the word Christian, they're immediately going to think of something negative. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you don't back up that label with what it means to you, yeah. as opposed to what they know, then they can then understand what your perspective is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was why I was asking. I was just curious when you say, like, a wild person. Because, like, if like if you ask someone else, oh, like, a wild person... It, they might have a completely different, yeah, yeah. like. Because honestly, if I thought about it, like if I'm saying it, I'm actually a wild person. And then someone, yeah. someone looks at my life, they're like, "You're too controlled. You don't know." Like yeah. everyone, like you say, it's perspectives, and man, it's just so difficult nowadays. How are you really going to um, convey your personality or your position on that topic? It really drags out um, conversations. It makes it complicated. Mm. That's why sometimes when I just start going, and then someone asks, like you had mentioned, like, what do you mean by the word? Mm. Yeah, I'll explain it and very quickly and easily because that's exactly what's on my mind. And I am ready because someone else must have a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why we do the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep saying that. Yes, it's true. Oh, God. It's true. Because even this um, Baba thing, yeah. when people hear me talking about churches, they think I don't like the idea of churches or stuff like that. Actually, for me on my side, like when I ask questions, like I get into those topics, I want to know. So I play my position like I'm the skeptic. I'm not sure what it means to have a Baba or a spiritual father or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the person is already on the defensive. Like, I know it's all about preference, but like, what's, what's your take on that? Uh, on what? Like having a spiritual father. Oh, okay, I don't even know what that is. Okay, so, so there's like, okay, I'm not sure how long this this has been going on, but like maybe I just became aware of it recently. But like, and it's mostly with with, with the younger girls. Eh? Yes. Yeah. It's mostly uh, with the girls. Like, like 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 the girls. Like but it's even popular girls, with yeah, the girls. even young. Like, it's yeah. like even older women. Yeah, but but it's mostly women, from what I've noticed. Uh, but, I wonder but, why. I... Yeah, yeah, right. They, they all have um, like a like a second fa- father in, in their church. Like uh, th- that might be their pastor or whoever. But yeah, like that's like or someone assigned to them, like a deacon. Yeah, um, stuff like. But that. pretty much a, a father in spirit, and they refer to him as Papa or you know. Yeah, in fact, let's let's not. make it a bit cleaner. Let's not use the Baba or Papa thing. Okay. A spiritual parent. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think about that? Um, and, and and then like so, it's pretty much like whatever um, that dude says goes. You know. So it's like before they even make a decision to like date someone or to like 
uh, apply for a job somewhere, they have to confide consult. in him or uh, consult. Uh-huh. Yeah. And whatever he says goes. So if he says, no, you don't, don't do that. Then you don't. Yeah, then, then they don't. <laughs> or yeah. something spiritual, spiritually bad should happen, I think. As yeah. in, they don't say that, but the perception is that... Yeah. Something bad will happen if you don't. I mean, if you disobey your spiritual father, then something spiritual should happen, right? Mm. Well, <laughs> uh, I can't... I, can, I don't have a fully formed opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um... I think at its from what at least from what you guys have said, I think at its core, it seems like something good. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you yeah. know, having guidance from someone yeah. older uh, and spiritual. And I don't know what you mean by spiritual, <laughs> but no, yeah. I'm not gonna. I, I, guess. I, don't, I don't know if it's <laughs> oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. spiritual. Oh, the Bible is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a spiritual. We'll take it seriously. Yeah, we'll take sure. it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good thing. Maybe the again from what you said, maybe the, the execution isn't the best. Where in terms of like everything that that person says goes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think guidance from someone older is good. Um, my parents might be <laughs> surprised to hear me say that, but I do think it's. Wait, yeah, wait, why? Oh, oh yeah, rebel. Okay, uh, we're not gonna go there. Yeah, that won't go there. Sure. Uh, uh, so, is it like a casual papa? Like, is it does it tie to everything? Your spiritual life, you giving all that praise to this one person, or is it just just a phrase people have coined to say we should address that man as? I think papa? I think the way it's taken, like. You, you you think about your actual parents, right? Like how how do you relate to them? Yeah. Like it's it's so it's beyond the substance. So it's, it's like the spiritual father. Yeah. Like, there's but that reverence. I, I do not because I I actually came across a verse in, in Matthews. Yeah. It's actually it, uh, Matthews chapter three nine. It says do not call anyone father on mm-hmm. earth. Mm-hmm. Not even oh, your yeah. father? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Not, not even your biological father? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I, 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 actually saw, says, I saw that. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. But you should also read the context. Because yeah. it's coming from Greek and yeah. uh, or Hebrew, you'd find that the reference of father is spiritual. Yes. Yeah. So, so you can call your biological father your father. Yeah. But yeah. It's but just out of respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, but in you terms of the spirit, another man, your spiritual father. It's like the funny thing that happened to me because a friend invited me to a church. So she introduced me to this. This is my 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 papa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, how are you, sir? Yeah. Ah, call me yeah. papa. And I, no, I cannot call you papa. <laughs> so we like had like a, a riff. Yeah. yeah. Then my friend, let, uh, he didn't have to do that. I was like, no. Why should I call him papa? Yeah. Make me understand. Maybe I can call him papa. At least it was you refusing. I, I refused. My ex's papa said, the person you're with right now, I prophesy, he's not the one. I think that happened to a mutual friend of Well, ours. like, <laughs> she's your ex, so I guess you're kind yeah, of right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she became ex because of that. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I'm so perplexed. Like, I did not know there's such authority. Yeah. Kudos. But you said something happened to a mutual friend of ours. Like a similar thing happened. Wait, who? Yeah, I can't call him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so this guy, we know, and, you know, people want to know. If I had a mutual friend of I, I know, know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I can bring yeah, it yeah. out too. Nah, that's it's not good. actually a funny thing. It's like, it was, you know, Anyway, how did we get to talking about spiritual purpose? We're um, talking about preferences mm-hmm. and. In fact, I want to round it back yeah. now. You've, I'm sure you because of the way you've come out in terms of perspective in topics and what and what in terms of your spiritual standing how is that and i do not know how it relates to the general perspective of faith mm. okay i'll come back to that because we're kind of we're kind of going chronologically and mm. yeah, yeah we, we, we talked about well, the uh, band i started learning the keys yeah when you were learning how to play and you went live uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so I did that. I, I kind of got a decent grasp of the of the keys. Yeah. Um, I I remember still remember some of the songs I used to learn. I was learning how to play back then. Yeah. Like uh, I learned how to play Twenty One Guns by Green Day, mm-hmm. but like playing, I I was learning how to play like with my right hand, like the vocal, the melody, oh, yeah, thing, yeah. and then with my left hand, like the with the rhythm and yeah. that kind of really helped me like to like be like kind of with my dexterity and using my right mm-hmm. and my left hand um so then i got back so we started like working like on songs yeah. so we formed the band so it was me chana yeah. no so it was me chana shalu my brother joseph and uh, at that point we didn't have a bassist yeah. and then one day me and shalu were walking on campus and we saw a girl with a guitar bag yeah. And you're like, hey, you play guitar? Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm learning. Like, what, do you want to join a band? Yeah. She's like, uh, sure. So, like, okay, we exchanged numbers and we got her to come correct and she became our bass player. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Um, so Thank you. Girl from uh, Botswana. Tanky. Shout out to Tanky if you're listening. Shout out. She sounds terrific. So, yeah. Tank. What? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Context. Context. Dude, okay, my perspective is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tanky, base. So she was a base player. Like, just just no, <laughs> so yeah, she was a she was a base player. And um, so what happened after that? So yeah, so we started uh, working on music together. The band initially, I came up with the name for the band, yeah, which was first. It was an awesome name. It was Paradise Bliss. Okay, no, that one sucked. <laughs> I thought it was the one. Yeah, so first, that was the first name. Yeah. It was Paradise Bliss. Yeah. And um, I remember my fr- telling one of my friends, and he was like, dude, like Paradise Bliss, yeah. that's, that's so gay. Yeah. <laughs> and... Oh. Obviously, if this was now, I'd be like, yo, dude, that's homophobic. Yeah, but uh, back then, <laughs> back then yeah, I didn't even know the word homophobia. Yeah. Uh, but I was just like, yo, like, Paradise Bliss is a cool name. I got it, coined it from an anime that I watched that I loved. And I still yeah. love that anime. It's called yeah. Paradise Kiss. Okay. And uh, uh, it's actually a pretty feminine 
anime because it's like uh, what is it shoji so it's targeted actually the demographic is but it's a really awesome anime about um, it spoke to me especially because it's really it's about a girl you know caught between going to like she's in the final year of high school she doesn't want to do with her life she meets this guy who's a fashion designer and he's like yo you can be a model and so she's like battling with this okay should I go to university should I like go become a model and like she's it was really i loved it so i coined the name from that but everyone was just like initially like yeah but then like nah then next it was like how about samurai guns i think it was joseph who came up with that yeah and it was like oh you know samurai but you know with guns yeah so, i think you were still part of the group i think yeah I, I don't know if she had joined yet actually she might not have joined yet but yeah it was samurai guns and then one day i was walking with i think it was either joseph or shaloo and they said something about samurai guns. But I heard them say the ghost of samurai guns. So I'm like, wait, did you just say the ghost of samurai guns? They're like, no. Then I'm like, hmm, but that would be actually a cool yeah, name yeah, yeah, yeah. for the band, the ghost of samurai it's guns. Like and then that's how the name became. You know about the no. that band name? No. no. Yeah. That was an awesome name. Oh. It was. Actually, Sadly, the music yeah. didn't quite match the name, <laughs> the awesomeness of the yeah. name, but yeah. Yeah. And when I met him, I was like, why would you just use that name? Yeah, I think I remember. Uh, yeah, asking. Yeah, dressing up like Samurai Warrior. That would have been awesome. Yeah. African Samurai. Yeah. Samurai. There's actually a lot of visual, visual stuff you can do. Right. With that but yeah. Like, like blending that, or blending. Yeah. Yeah. Blending that aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. Too many rings in this, yeah. in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Too many what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Ghost of Samurai Guns, um, is in is in fruition. What next? You guys get your first gig, or are you still? Uh, yeah, so we practicing and getting your sound. Just trying to discover the sound. Did you focus on a sound or? No, we didn't yeah. actually. I don't even think we had the mental capacity to think right. in that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were just like rock because yeah. we have distorted guitar from China. Yeah. And we have hip hop because we have rappers. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's hip hop and rock. Yeah. We didn't have a drummer. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, but we're just like. And because I was all about my producing thing, I was just like, yeah. no, you know, no problem. We can just play to like, I can just, you know, set the drums. Yeah. And then we can have the person there play it and then we'll just play along to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we got our first gig, um, which was probably at, there was this thing called, it was either at Spoken Word, this thing called Spoken Word, which is almost like the Namibian equivalent of Bittersweet Poetry. Yeah. Um, so where me and Charlie already used to do like poetry, yeah. Or I used to rap, but the my, my raps was it was like oh that the people would be like oh that's nice great poetry. Yeah. I'm like yo this is not poetry I'm rapping. Yeah. Like yeah yo man your spoken word is great. <laughs> like no it's not spoken word this is rap. All <laughs> about delivery. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah so like me and Charlie used to like frequent that place as poets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I don't. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As poets. Uh, so I think w- that was where we had our first performance, mm. and yeah, it sucked. But we didn't know it sucked. Yeah. So that was like the best thing for us. Yeah. Because we, it was good for our growth. We were just like you know. Yeah. Because we had something. We definitely had something. People were yeah. able to be like, okay, there's something there. Yeah. Because I remember we auditioned for this other thing called Song Night, which was again kind of like bittersweet except just for music instead yeah. of poetry so, but you had to audition for it uh and i lost my keyboard on the way to the, uh, the, the audition like we took a cab there put the keyboard in the the trunk yeah we got out all of us forgo- forgot about 
the keyboard and the cab went off and then it was like oh, it was like crap uh, <laughs> the keyboard is gone you get it done yeah. and yeah which was a bummer um, but luckily they had little instruments where we were yeah. auditioning so we auditioned and like the lady there was like yeah like you guys like have something mm. and so yeah we performed at song night as well then before long we got a a drummer yeah uh, Josh yeah. He worked at there was this music store at the mall there, and yeah. which we would like frequent. I remember going there. It was like a family business. Yeah. So his dad. So sometimes you find his dad there. You find him or his brother. Yeah. And I remember going there once, asking about a keyboard. I think it was when my when my keyboard yeah, got stolen, yeah. and I was saying, you know, I'm in a band, and that family, I uh, kind of like, I guess, like dream theater evangelists because yeah. as soon as I mentioned to his dad that I was forming a band he yeah. was just like you know what you should listen to There's this band called Dream Theater great band yeah. listen to them and yeah that was his band? Uh, no 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 it's uh, some progressive uh, fam- famous band. yeah oh, yeah that's a dad and he's he's a drummer a really good drummer and he yeah. even looked the part he had like long beard yeah. owns a music store yep, yep. his son is a drummer yeah so the so he joined our band because chana had formed a friendship with him yeah from like going to the shop and like yeah. talking rock music yeah so he agreed to form a band oh and then you listen to rock music now because you i i'm trying to go back to the part where you said you're learning how to play 21 guns ah uh, yeah so, oh yeah so now so i was listening rock, to yeah. rock music and yeah. actually got into rock music because of coldplay Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> I got into it because of Coldplay and, f- again, funny enough, because of my brother Joseph. So uh, he, like, would... I remember him playing Don't Panic by Coldplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, that's pretty good. And it was around the X and Y when they released the album X yeah, and Y. good album. Um, so I started listening to them and I became, like, obsessed, like, with Coldplay. Like, they became, like, my favorite band. And so it was just like, oh, forever? Yeah. Oh, I just I had a face. Well, it was because of a girl, but yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So is so is a girl with this guy. Yeah. Remember uh, Lisa? Huh? Yes. Yeah. She got me into Coldplay. She did. Yeah. She liked that type of music. Yeah. So what happened with you and Lisa? We're just best friends. Ah. Yeah. She's she was cool like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so it's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing special. Yeah. You know, my father made a ground. Like, oh, like we both like rock music and art, and she introduced me to both. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Mm. Like, but how is she your best friend? I've never met her. Was my best friend. Oh, she was. Oh, not even. Uh. School things. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so uh, he's hoping there was more. Yeah. Right, I was yeah. Hoping, yeah. Was yeah. Maybe there like, was. Just hoping yeah. for more. I'm a I'm a hopeless romantic. Not really. One lonely night. Oh, no, I the male thought of saying hello, then suddenly she said, No, with, with regards to me, I'll say, hello. The, <laughs> I'll say nothing, nothing exciting. Yeah, nothing good. Yeah. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah. There was a roller coaster. Wait, you know about the, the story? No. Oh, wait. I didn't know it was due to exist at the time. We never talked about you, so. No. no, like between you and me, zero. No, yeah. Yeah, it was just interactions back then. Yeah. In high school. I know. And I was punished. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, Coldplay. Of course, yeah. Uh, 
Coldplay, um, it, throughout my time, my life, I've always had phases where I'm like obsessed with like a musician. Uh, so like back then it was Shaggy in the beginning and then Kanye West. And then after Kanye West, I was obsessed with Jay-Z for a period. When I just went to university, actually, I was yeah. obsessed with Jay-Z. Like I was, the funny thing is I used to, my brothers were big Jay-Z fans and I used to like, kind of just in like a sibling rivalry way would be like, ah, you know, that guy sucks, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but then I actually listened, got to listening to him when I got to to university and by then there was like 10 albums worth of material. Yeah. So there was like literally so much gold there where I was just like, whoa, like this guy was actually, because I was all about lyrics. For me, mm-hmm. when I first got it, like with hip hop, it was all about lyrics for me. That's yeah. the thing that caught my ear. It was like, how lyrical is someone? And I liked a rapper depending on how lyrical yeah. or just how like witty they were, yeah. like with their raps. So like I got listening to Jay-Z and, you know, Reasonable Doubt, his first album, where like the lyricism is like insane. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, like this Jay-Z guy. And I used listened to him like every day. Like, right now, you could probably give me, like, a Jay-Z song and I could, like, say the lyrics. Yeah. Because, like, the lyrics are just there in my mind because I used to listen to him so much. I feel like that creeps into your your style of writing as well. Because, like, most, most of the songs that you've written that you've, like, shown to me are... They could be translated to, like, hip-hop. Yeah. Like, with regards to the delivery. You uh-huh. could actually rap... You could, you could rap them out in a hip-hop style. Yeah, because I, for me, it was, like, lyrics and rhyming. I was obsessed with rhyming. Yeah. Like, rhyming, rhyme patterns. Yeah. Like, I was obsessed with that. So, even, like, with my... When I used to rap, I used to, like, try and make my rhyme schemes as complex as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like, okay, I'm rhyming this and this, but I want, like, the sentences to also, like, be rhyming. And, like, I was obsessed with, like, rhyme schemes to the point where, like, I used to, like, listen to songs where people, like, singing, not rapping. Yeah. And... They seemed simple to like, just simple to me, and I yeah. have to be like, you know, like if I was like, I'm like, this is not, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I even used to, th- I even remember thinking to myself, like, this is, I could easily write like a song, song because like they're very simple and they're like rhyming like, bad with sad, down. you I still, know. I still gonna do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I. I, I came to see that there was a lot more to it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah, and in a way, I actually, in a way, of course. It depends what the individual person is doing with it, but in a way, I think it's even more complex writing songs song. where yeah. uh, not simple, like yeah. a song where you're like, like for where you're singing as opposed to rapping. Oh, yeah. Because you talk about you spoke about delivery yeah. before. That's yeah. something that I never used to pay attention to, yeah. which I realized I needed to later on. But <laughs> yeah, like you with don't just need a voice. with rapping, so, no, no, with delivery. With with rapping, like I was like, okay, it's just delivery and yeah. and rhyming. Yeah. And which I've come to see it's even it's a lot more than that. It's also like it's having like an ear for like the music and how the music goes with your voice and yeah, uh, yeah, there's, there is a lot to it. Yeah. But then uh, also like with singing, I came to like see all the complex things that go behind it and like you know finding the right key and like finding the right words that can pick, paint a picture that goes with the music. Mm-hmm. Like something, it's, it sounds simple, but yeah. there's certain people who I listen to and like their choice of words because there's, you know, picture language yeah. and yeah. words paint a picture and the pictures can resonate with a sound or they yeah, can yeah. not resonate with a sound. Yeah. 
So there's some sing, uh, songwriters who just have, and singers who have that knack where their words, their music, their melody is yes. all in line yeah. and like they just are in sync. Yeah. So, just yeah. It sounds like reading a really good book. Yeah. yeah. Where you, you just get to visualize, you know, um, some kind of a scene yeah. with, with the words and the music and soundscapes. And so, yeah. Dangerous. But yeah, back then... <laughs> John Mayer. I don't really like John Mayer. Yeah, uh, I don't like him because of <clears throat> his taste. I know. Like, very good music. The content. Like, yeah. you read deep enough. Mm. No. He's a cool guy, though. He is. Yeah. He is. I mean, I don't like his music. Personality-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like his music, although he's a famed guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I prefer James Bay. And a good guitarist as well. James Bay. Try him. Underrated. Is right. He's underrated. Is right. Nah, he's underrated. <laughs> Maybe it's more than your stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so rap. So Jay Z. Like I was all about the lyrical. So yeah. Jay Z. Then after Jay Z, the next my next obsession was Coldplay, mm-hmm. which is how I went. I went into like rock music. Yeah. And then, funny enough, my biggest segue into rock music apart from Coldplay was FIFA playing FIFA mm-hmm. because of the soundtracks, the soundtracks yeah. so I'd, I'd listen and I'm like huh that's a cool song I'd mm-hmm. hear bands that's how I discovered the band Keen oh, yeah, yeah. I started listening to them because they had a song in FIFA 06 Nothing yeah. In My Way Travis yeah. they had a song in FIFA 07 called Closer mm-hmm. in fact I didn't, though I didn't really like the song but Muse had a song in FIFA mm-hmm. Super Massive Black Hole oh, yeah, but then yeah, later yeah. on I'd become a Muse fan yeah. uh, so there's so many like great Band, they were music yeah. band like ish. It's They're, talking about what I was saying about pictures yeah, and yeah, yeah. their latest album, Simulation Theory. Yeah, that album. Yeah. I was actually saying like if if there was an album that could be a, an audio representation of the Matrix. They actually did that. The it's video. yeah. The sim, It's like it's basically the Matrix. Terry Crews. Yeah. Well, uh, pressure. Yeah. He's actually in two videos. He's yeah, in yeah, yeah, pressure yeah, yeah. and then in um, algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that album is basically the Matrix. Pretty much. Like yeah, pretty an much. audio. So yeah, Muse is a great band. But anyway, yeah, so FIFA. FIFA really got me into rock music. Apart there from there is content in one of them that's a bit dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the songs. You listen. There is one you where it's initiating something. Okay. Yeah. So. Lloyd, I'm I'm curious. Initiating what? Yeah. And I, uh, the, the lyrics were In fact, the video is the one I watched I didn't have the full album From It had vampires, theory? yeah It had vampires in it A couple, they're like Scoping each other out in the streets, it's dark The guy starts, is it dancing? And then she's excited by it And her eyes change and she disappears He looks for her The next time she's coming, she's at the back of him Bites him The lyrics had things like um, I'm trying to remember Get into what? But it felt like chanting. Anyways, yeah. that's for later. We can review that. <laughs> Supremacy had like. Have you seen the Supremacy music video? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was weird. Supremacy. Yeah. Like yeah, the, the the thing he does with yeah, his voice in yeah. that song, like ish, that guy. Is... You should see the video, man. Like, yeah? I don't think, like, let me not ruin it for you. Just check out the video. Uh, the yeah, last I'll check song it out. I heard by them was madness. Yeah. Through a TV series which would sound weird if I said it. I think the first music song I heard was uh, uh what's the uh 
Undisclosed desires. Undisclosed desires. Ah, uh, ish man. Those, yeah. Yeah. Those, the yeah. lyrics in that are yeah. deep, man. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. The the music video is what captured me. I was like, wait, who are these guys? Ah. Uh, like, yeah. Ish man. Had like a retro vibe. Yeah. It was like modern at the same time. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That was like, <laughs> that was like twenty two thousand nine, twenty ten, somewhere. Uh, anyway, uh, so you got into rock music, Coldplay. Yeah, and that pretty much influenced you to uh, start to create, to start to compose. Uh, yeah, music. Yeah, and then I don't know what made me make the decision, but I decided to be like, okay, you know what? I, I think I got to a point where I was like, um, not just like even just learning like the piano. I'm like, okay, let me actually delve into the music, the theory yeah, yeah. behind the music. So I started getting into like the theory, and when we got the drama for our band. Uh, we started rehearsing from those of the Namibian School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started rehearsing there. And so we had um, a lecturer there assigned to us. Yeah. Uh, old Russian man, called Michael. So he would like listen to our rehearsals and give us like feedback. <laughs> and he was really like, he was, he was, he taught me a lot, but yeah, he was very frank. Yeah. Like there was one song where he would just be like, no, you need more dynamism. Yeah. Like this, it's, it's boring. You know. <laughs> Is that the dude that told Shalu? No, that was a lady, right? What told him? I told Shalu that he just did not sound like she. She just did not like the way he he sang or the way he sounded or something like that. No, it wasn't him. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Was his wife? I remember, it was like a lady or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Someone's wife or something. Okay. Yeah, but so, uh, through your journey, like all the way through, it's self-taught, self-taught. It's uh, self-taught in a way. Uh, I, I do get like YouTube tutorials and stuff. That's still basically your effort. Yeah. So all the way, you didn't really have a tutor, mentor, like direct someone who's actually apart from the Russian guy. Mm. Though that was for the whole group, right? That was for the band, yeah. But he. But for you specifically. Nah, I never had that. Uh, on when I started playing guitar, I had channel to like kind of go to like sometimes for like tips and things because he was uh ahead of where i was um but yeah he wasn't the best teacher <laughs> so i'll just end up having to do stuff myself but in the beginning i was reliant on him even just to tune my guitar yeah. i remember once it wasn't, it wasn't even my guitar was that my guitar i remember once like this girl <laughs> Mm-hmm. Pelile, I'm saying if you guess you read this, Pelile, she like was like, Oh, this what do these things do? And then she like oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, ah, now I have to go back to China and get him to tune my guitar. <laughs> so well, yeah. You, you, you did not know about tuners at the time? I didn't. Um I didn't know about tuners. Uh, okay. I just recently learned that she enjoyed from your phone. You guys are very I don't know. <laughs> if I ever get into this stuff. I don't know, I'm scared. Yeah, no. Like you've heard but the funny thing is, this dude's a producer, right? You've like, he can make beats as well. Okay. Yeah, like, but pop. Really good beats. Boring yeah. beats. Yeah. You, you actually make. I was even shocked. He was like, he was like my Dr. Dre, like, coming up, so. Oh, yeah? He's yeah, really good. He produced a lot, a lot. A lot of music. Okay, I'm being scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um. <laughs> 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 okay, but. Do you think for others, like if they tried your way, like on their own, would they have to go through that same journey? Like, mm, I think it depends yeah. on the person. But what I will say is, like, 
learning an instrument and music is something that you need to have. There needs to be a, like a, the passion for there for yourself because there's, there comes to, there comes a point where it actually becomes almost ridiculous where like you find yourself doing the same thing yeah, over and over for hours and it's like what keeps you doing that yeah. thing like what to drive you so if there's a lot of people i've met who are like oh i have a guitar you know i tried to learn but then ah, it was yeah. hard so i stopped because if they don't have the passion they're going to try because if you're going to try learning how to play the guitar it's going to be frustrating in the beginning because yeah. like yeah. your mind you're like trying to get your fingers to do something but it's just not cooperating and then it's just like ah i'm going to stop so it does need to be that self kind of um, motivation and desire. But having a mentor or having someone can can accelerate your journey because there's certain things that they'll be able to just say, okay, just do this, do this, or don't do this. Like So there's certain things now if I was teaching someone to play, it's things that I didn't do, but I'll be like, make sure from the beginning you do this. Yeah. Something like if you start learning an instrument, make sure you play to a metronome. Make sure you always practice the metronome. I would say that to someone. I never did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a guy cheats. I never practiced the metronome either. That's probably why it's just like, but like, you know. It, it's, nah, it's, uh, I'm never touching a guitar. <laughs> After you guys are there, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then there the comes a point where you, you get really good at playing an instrument, but you just lack the... the um, the creativity as well. Mm-hmm. So it becomes more or less mechanical. Like, oh, okay, really good, but like, you don't, you don't write good songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of, you, kind of, so. you know, it's interesting. Like, yeah. one of the reasons why I didn't want to learn how to play an instrument mm-hmm. because or learn music theory, I felt like it would inhibit my creativity. Mm-hmm. I felt like before that, I was doing things by, by trial and error. Yeah, and yeah. so I was, in a certain way, there were certain things that I was doing that would go beyond the laws of music. You must find your own uh, niche. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, like, I felt like if I learn... Like, okay, in music, yeah. the, you know, the major scale, the C major scale doesn't have an A sharp. Yeah. So my mind, when I'm playing, I know I'm playing in C, you'll be like, okay, don't play, don't press the A sharp. Yeah. But then before I knew that, I'll be playing in C and then be like, hmm, put in the A sharp and then, oh, actually, that sounds cool. I think there's still a composer way. I, I think you do because sometimes yeah. you like bring a song and I'm like, huh, like like what like White Eye for example, yeah. like there's a chord in the chorus which is like, huh, that's not in the scale, but it yeah. sounds cool. It makes sense. Yeah. So. I think some instruments accept that experimentation. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's about the individual as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, but then there was a there's a quote that Shalou said by something that Bruce Lee apparently said, mm-hmm. which got me to thinking. And he said um, that apparently uh, Bruce Lee said that you should master all form in order to lose it. Mm. So it was kind of like a point where like, okay, if I can get all the foundations of music and have that within me, but then now lose, start to blur the lines of like logic, then I'll be able to do even more than I'd be able to do if I didn't have those like foundations. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in... Once Upon a Time Who's... Oh, uh, Brad Pitt? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. No. I haven't seen Zero it. Zero DiCaprio. Uh, uh, well, anyway, apparently they made Bruce Lee look like a phony in there. So, yeah. It's just uh-huh. funny. Bruce Lee. <laughs> it's very sad. I saw that in the trailers. Yeah. And those... Uh, what do you call those? His daughter was super pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's the way he was. Uh, Bruh, just, just Jackie Chan 
like he's mostly done um stage is it stage performance arts it's yeah. not real martial arts but if you really went through like, really? the documentaries they've done they have they have so much control it's basically martial arts like for me to punch you and make you like seem like I've punched you yeah. and holding oh, back yeah, yeah, yeah. it takes a lot yeah. Hollywood these guys the Americans they can't really understand other people's cultures Anyway, so, it's uh nothing to offend me when I saw it even before watching the movie. 2013 man, he, he can do whatever he wants. Uh, no, yeah. get away with it. But but then going back to what you said about like learning uh the the theoretical part of uh music as well. Uh like I I could I could bring up one of you, one of your um inspirations as well. I think Flea is kind of is a player that inspires you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he's a self-taught musician as well. Mm-hmm. And he he just started learn music theory like recently maybe a year or two ago oh, yeah? yeah but throughout like you know that 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 whole uh red hot chili peppers uh phase like he, he that allows him playing out of like uh you know being self-taught and all that uh-huh. so, yeah. that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. and i mean a lot of these prominent musicians would be like oh you know i'm you know i'm self-taught yeah yeah um and i feel i feel like there is an element of like formal education is like who kind of can inhibit the creativity yeah. um i think it should come after like from the way it sounds but your early days you were making it work from nothing from like, passion yeah and then eventually like especially delving into um rock music you have to learn these instruments that you definitely have to play live mm. that's i think pushed you to learn more about the chords and so on i keep just looking at the way you're progressing I'll, I'll, if i was going to say something in general i don't think starting off with the formal education would be quite beneficial i think at the end where you polish up on what you know is you you know Yeah. I I think it depends. It, I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I think there's some people who would have benefited greatly from starting off like kind of formally. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe that would even influence their music when they go from that into uh, other genres of music to influence it in a certain way like yeah. maybe Evanescence for example where um apparently Amy Lee was classically taught. Yep, yep, yep. And then you can kind of hear that. Yeah. In the you music, but then she still kind of brings that rock yeah. thing with the with the band. Pretty cool. Yeah. Was working on your album. Anyway, uh, so you okay? You you meet the Russian mentor, mm. and he's pretty much not sugarcoating anything. Yeah. He's frank with you guys. Uh, so what happens after that? So um, we we played like a show at the at the school. Um, there was like some end of year show with some other bands played as well. One thing I should say, like Namibia has some really great bands, like mm-hmm. rock bands, such great like rock bands. Yeah. Something that I left out into how I got into rock music was also, um, like rock music before. Like I talked talked about the Hell's Bells thing, mm-hmm. and so I, I did have a bit of prejudice against rock music, yeah. and. I didn't understand even when I got into like Coldplay I didn't understand the heavier type of rock mm-hmm. and I was, I was also kind of like what you know everyone say you know it's just noise what that was like my thinking yeah. It, yeah then one day um Jana was like oh I'm going to a, like a show there's like some rock bands playing so I'm like oh cool let me tag along yeah. 
So I went in and a few things like struck me when I walked into this like hall. One was uh the music was loud. It was super loud. There was like a huge group of people, but maybe the three of those three of us who went, like from and maybe one other guy, like maybe four black people. Yes. Yeah. Everyone else was like white. Yes. Yeah. Uh and there was a lot of smoke. <laughs> yeah. Uh but like from listening to it live and there was this one band in particular called Out of Nowhere. Oh yeah. Who was like really heavy band. Yeah, I think Song, yeah. yeah and i was just like i get it you yeah. know it was like it was like yeah. an i get it moment where yeah. like if i if i heard this over you know like just my laptop or like i yeah. might not have but when i like saw it live i was like oh yeah. like i could appreciate it yeah. and so i was like so that really got me now into kind of more like the heavier okay. stuff um with rock were you listening to bands like uh Linkin Park. Funny enough, most people like that you speak to is like you know Linkin Park when I was yeah. like in my teen years. Yeah. I so I knew I obviously knew Linkin Park because yeah. MTV and Jay Z. Uh, yeah. yeah, even but even before that, yeah. um, I knew like link, bands like Linkin Park, Green Day, like new metal in the early two thousands yeah, yeah, was yeah. very popular. So, um, what's the band that did, that did Ocean Avenue? Yellow Card. Yellow Card. Uh, Pop punk, yeah, Blink One Eight Two, like those bands were. Good Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah, so like I knew Linkin Park, but I didn't like listen to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, only on collision courses where like I really like listen <laughs> to them. Sure. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when I started getting into like heavier bands, it was. Um, what was it? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm th- trying to think which like bands like would have first got me where I'm like ah. Oh, I think Breaking Benjamin, uh, maybe. Although when I first heard them, I was like, kind of, eh. Yeah. Oh, and also, like, I kind of liked Metallica. Mm-hmm. But I got, I learned about Metallica through Apocalyptica. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys yeah. know Apocalyptica. Yeah. Like, they do, like, violins and stuff. And I heard um, Nothing Else Matters. Oh, yeah. And loved it. Yeah. And then I found out after that that, oh, they were actually covering a song by yeah. Dan called Metallica. Then I went to listen to the song. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, snap. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe Metallica, like Breaking Benjamin, those like when cool. I got into like the heaviest. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Uh, so, you, okay, so you went to the Out of Nowhere show and oh, yeah. you were indoctrinated. Yeah, indoctrinated. <laughs> no, you, you, you understood the music. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So then yeah, we had that show, and then so then I left Namibia because yeah. I finished my. <laughs> so I came back here to Zambia. What did you study for the people that? Oh, uh, economics. Oh, okay. Yeah, as you as you'd expect of a rocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I studied economics. Um, Fine line. Yeah. So I came back. And then I, I uh, so Chana was still in Namibia. He was, he, so he also like finished, but then he started working yeah. over there. Yeah. And Shalu was still at school there. Then so it was me. I came back here and with my brother. Yeah. So, so, was, so after being in a band for so long, it was like, ah, huh, I guess you know, I'm alone. So I started working on like more of my solo like rap stuff. So um, I started like recording myself and like doing songs. Um, that was around the time I first did Cool, I think. 
like way back is there. Is that old? Yeah, it's, oh, it's that old. I did not know that. I just, yeah. uh, I just updated like the last two verses. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. But like, yeah, it was. And initially, actually, Joseph and Shalu featured on it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> on the original version of that You're song. You're here first, guys. Exclusive. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was still, I still meant to have Joseph on the song. Oh. But when I did it, redid it. But then it was like just kind of troublesome, like getting like him to come because he had already stopped rapping by then. Yeah. And then also Shalu was in Namibia, so I was just like, okay, I'm just write this next yeah. verse. And then I wrote the next verse, I'm like, okay, oh, I'm write this other verse. Um, so yeah, I started doing my like solo like rap thing. Um, and then those at the time on Facebook, that's those that group promote rock music in Zambia. Oh yeah, which yeah. was really active. Back yeah. then, what happened to that group, man? No, it's like it's dead I now. Like, yeah. I used to see yeah. a lot of Yeah, it's like dead. Yeah. It was really active. That's why I met. Well, that's, 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 that's why I met Because yeah, yeah. I was like, he was in a uh, band. That was the only purpose. That's why he died. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Facebook. Yeah. So he was in a band called Fundamental Element. So <laughs> with Diego. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. we kind of just like, oh, maybe I can like help you guys out because like I was in a, a rock band. So yeah. like we we met up and then um, that band uh, died, I guess. And Pretty then uh, I was still doing my, yeah, I was still doing my my rap thing. And so I I got to Melo to like feature on like some of my songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I guess that's how Stacy Spree kind of like. Yeah, Yeah, I think I still have them somewhere. Reverb Nation, though, if if you, I think you find Dan on Reverb Nation, you you might find Garage's music there. Yeah. Disciple, I think. Are they here? Spring Joy was called there. Yeah. Was it Bond Servant or Disciple? I think initially it was Disciple Bond Servant. Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah so so we met and i was pretty much i wasn't as as confident at the time i think yeah i was your place was quiet as well so i was afraid to like sing loud i remember it yeah you were like no dude just sing yeah, yeah just, just <laughs> sing man i was like yeah. then we ended yeah. up redoing the songs at yeah. uh, 89 studio oh yeah yeah mm. yeah but uh, yeah, so that was like around about 2013. Uh, yeah, been a lot. And to go back to your other question, because it was around about 2013 when I had like my professional faith moment. Uh, um, our songs were very faith based. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, most of my most of the, the songs that I used to write were. Even before my like professional faith were kind of faith based. I remember a song with the Ghost of Samurai Guns, which was called Paradise, which was yeah, it was kind of just lamenting, like not going, like I'm not going to experience that because my early life I was I spent kind of being terrified of going to hell. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, like I grew up in a like going to a, a Baptist church in Kasama. Yeah. And so obviously I'd always hear, hear about, oh, you know, repent to good hell, repent to good hell. But I was terrified of going to hell. Like, I used to have dreams okay. when I was a kid. Like, oh, I went to hell. <laughs> and like nightmares yeah. of like going to hell. And um, I remember once being at a camp, a youth camp, and I was in a room with this friend of mine, uh, Kazilala, if he's, if he's listening. And... Um, 
I was like, yo, I tried to like manipulate because I used to be like, okay, I'm going to hell, but the, they say that I need to like repent, yeah. and then I'm not going to go to hell. So like, I, would, I used to be like, okay, let me confess my sins and be like, you know, please forgive my sins. No, I'm going to change. Then I'm like, okay, am I a Christian now? But then I'll be like, ah, but then I still feel the same. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let me try and beat the system. So I remember telling my friend Kazilala, I'm like, yo, like there's a verse in the Bible which says, where two or three are gathered in my name, yeah. my there I'll be. So I'm like, if both of us repent at the same time, yeah. there's two or three. He said, so like, yeah. you know, let's beat the system. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah. That didn't, nothing really happened there. Yeah. Uh, then, but then I remember once I went to a camp, a youth camp. So like I was, I used to go to a Baptist church in Kasama, moved to Lusaka, started going to, first we used to go to Mount Makulu Baptist Church, but that's like in... Makeni, somewhere there, and we, yeah. we lived in Roma. Yeah. So we started, after we started going to Kabwata Baptist Church, like my family. And um, it was a real like shift for me because even though I was at a Baptist church in Kasama, the Baptist church wasn't a, a reformed Baptist church. Yeah. Where the Kabwata Baptist Church was a reformed Baptist church. So the doctrine that they taught was different. And even the, even the, like the preaching was different. I remember being like one time like because uh, like i was used to like the type of sermon i was used to was like a pastor taking like a chapter and then preaching on that chapter then i got to this church where like the pastor would be like okay so today we're going through romans chapter 8 verse 14 and then like like what like you're going to have an entire sermon on one verse <laughs> and like it that was like i remember that being like mind-blowing to yeah. me like we're like how are you going to preach for 45 minutes <laughs> about one verse you know yeah. like i remember that was just like yeah, yeah. but i hated going to church Ugh. <laughs> i hated going to church it was like boring yeah i would like doze most of the time yeah. although it was funny that one pastor i used to find like he was like even i could like tolerate his sermons you know okay. like where well, i'm like okay he's he's kind of interesting you were of other denominations at the time right? i was yeah i was aware okay. i was made aware like my yeah. my father wouldn't let us go to like, even just visit, like, other denominations. Mm-hmm. He was very, like... I remember once my sister, like, was like, oh, she got us tickets for the, an Ebo Chungu, like, release. And he was not really for the, for the idea of us going to that church because well. it's, uh, it's, it's a Pentecostal church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was aware of other denominations, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I hated going to church. It was boring. Uh, I dozed most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'd even make sure I slept late the day before, <laughs> so, that, so that I had enough dose in me to, to sleep during the sermon. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then, yeah, and then, wait, 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 wait. What, was, what was yours, uh, Moses? Uh, the Baptist Church, is it or was it reformed at the time during that era? That was 2013, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, pretty much during... Yeah, I think. No, it was reformed. What church? The... Kawat... Oh. Kawat... Uh... Kaunasuke Baptist Church. Uh... Anyway, we kind of, like... We, we... We do not, like, just learn from one chapter. Kind of, like, two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the first thing wasn't necessarily a denomination or... Yeah. thing it was kind of it's more like what they'll call expository preaching um so but yeah anyway so like i was really like bored and then they like 
I was used my whole life going to church in the morning and like that's it. But then they have like two services, they have a morning service and evening service. Then my parents would like insist on us going for the evening service as well. And I'm like, ah, but we went to church in the morning. Why do we have to go again in the evening? And I would find any excuse to like get out of like going to the evening service. Like I would, um, <laughs> I would uh, sometimes pretend to be sick. But it, one, it was funny. One time I pretended to be sick. Went to the clinic and found I had malaria. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this this worked out well." <laughs> like, yeah, you see, well, you see, I wasn't pretending because I didn't want to go to church. I actually have malaria. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, yeah, I hated it. Um, and um, I'm a big football fan. Well, now not so much football fan. Now I'm more of a Liverpool fan. Like before, I was a football fan, and that I would watch a lot of different football matches. Yeah. Now I pretty much only watch Liverpool matches mm. or like really big matches when big teams are playing. Yeah. So I'm a Liverpool, but a big Liverpool fan. Edgar, Liverpool. And yeah, yeah. representing. So my dad is, knows this because I actually picked up my my fanat- fanaticism, fanaticism, whatever, sure. yeah. from him. Because yeah. um, growing up, like one of my earliest memories is watching the 1998 World Cup final with him. Mm. When Brazil lost tragically to France 3-0, <laughs> I cried that night. But yeah, so I picked it up from him. So he he knows, and he's a fan, so he knows that ah, when Liverpool is playing on a Sunday afternoon, I want to watch that game. I don't want to be at church. So oh, yeah. one one time I pretended to be sick, and like he knew that I just wanted to watch the game. It's yeah. so like he actually and like unplugged the TV. <laughs> but then I don't know where like I I found I think I found where like the the adapter or something was. So I like, just went like plugged it in, watched the game. I still remember it was against Newcastle. We beat them three <laughs> one. Steven Gerrard scored, yeah. and then afterwards I unplugged. You know, like nothing had happened. <laughs> now it has been uncovered. Well, yeah. Listening. Yeah, I doubt. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I like I hated it. Then I I had an experience once at a camp, a youth camp. They also insisted we would go for like the youth camps, which happened in December, which I also hated. Mm. <laughs> uh, although it was from it was at those camps that I met uh, this one girl who'd gone to become a recurring theme in my life. Yeah, <laughs> you've you've met her. Um, so, yeah, she she came for a practice session one time in. When we practice in uh, Kasisi. Oh, uh, okay. Koda. She's a Koda. Her name rhymes with Cheddar, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I went to this like one camp and it, it was the same pastor, Pastor Mbewe, from Kawata Baptist, who was preaching. He was preaching on. Um, uh, he was preaching on the wrath of God. That was the theme of camp. And I remember that, at the, like, leaving that camp, and for the very first time, I felt like I had woken up, like, and the things that were being talked about, I could relate to and comprehend in a way that I hadn't before. And all of a sudden, like I told, I mentioned before, like, I was deathly afraid of hell, but, like, it would be a passing thought where, like, ah, I'm going to hell. But then, like, uh, I'll continue living my life. Then, um, but then now I got to a point where, because the, this re- the reality of what was spoken became so real to me that even that's the reality of hell was heightened where I was like, okay, so I'm living in great peril and at any moment I could die and this is what's going to happen to me. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, now, but like, what do I have to do? Like, you know, then I remember like, okay, we had a bo- like a little booklet at home called Advice for Seekers 
by Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, let me read this. I read through it, and he was basically it was basically sermons um, that he preached. I don't know if you know Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he was like one of the most popular preachers way back then, um, Baptist preachers. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, basically, he was saying in there, like, if if you if you're feeling this call, you know, that's like God speaking to you. You know, all you have to do now is just repent. But I'd like be like, okay, but then how do I do this? How do I repent? You know, like I tried repent, like I tried. Remember one night I was like, okay, today I'm not going to sleep until I have sorted this issue. And like I was like, close my eyes. I'm like, yo, like forgive me. Like you know, I repent. What? And I remember opening my eyes, like thinking, like you know, has it happened? Like you know, my Christian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like <Yeah>. and. <laughs> For a while, like, I was, like, really, all of a sudden, I enjoyed going to church, you know, I came across this guy's music, this guy called Todd Murray, well, it's not his music, he he did, like, some songs which are called the Forgotten Hymns of John Newton, which was basically hymns by John Newton, because everyone John knows John Newton because of Amazing Grace, he wrote yeah, Amazing Grace, yeah, yeah. but he wrote, like, hundreds of hymns, yeah. so he, like, really, like, imagined some of his, like, his hymns, and they were, like, really, like, cool, mm. Started listening to them, then you know I went. I went back to university, in initially, and I was I, like I mentioned, I was a heavy party and mm-hmm. stuff. So initially, I was kind of like you know, you know, I'm not drinking, you know, because I'm changed. But after a while, like I was right back into my <laughs> into my what I was, and so I just kind of was yeah living my life again. So 2013, but I always had a, and the recurring theme in most of my music was like spiritual war like that song paradise was like mm, i'm never going to like taste paradise or like yeah. you know i'm going to hell or like you know it was basically just like kind of lamenting about what my spiritual condition was yeah. and um then in 2013 it in fact it even became worse because now i started thinking like that experience i had back then was a missed opportunity and now like i'm doomed yeah. you know like uh, I missed my chance. I should have wrestled more with him, yeah. but I didn't. So now, like you know, you know, there's that verse that says, you know, seek the Lord while He's near. You know, so He's not near anymore. So like I've, you know, I'm doomed. Mm. Um, but then one time, my dad insisted I went for this conference, this annual Reformed conference that happens. And he was, I was before we would only go. I would only go for like the night sessions, but he was like, no, even go for the day session. I was just like. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't want to, but then yeah. so I went and there was this guy called Don Carson who was preaching at it, and all of a sudden again my disposition was starting to change, and like I was really enjoying the messages, and afterwards um, I was so I started like uh, I wanted to learn more about these. Like we used to go through this book during our family devotions called uh, "This Grace and Its Fruits" by John Calvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Calvin, Calvinism. yeah, That's the guy whose name is attributed to the uh, that theology of Calvinism. Yeah. It's funny because right now in the the reform circles in Zambia, there's a lot of hurrah about like old Calvinism and new Calvinism. Mm-hmm. And anyway, yeah. uh, so John Calvin, this book by him. So I went, to, I asked my dad, I'm like, yo, I want to read that book. And he's like, actually, read this book instead. It was called. Um, the rain, rain, rain of grace, mm. and 
I started reading this book and it was talking about how grace is present in in different aspects. One of them was grace in election. Now, I had come across the this doctrine of election before, which basically is a doctrine that says, and it's controversial. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a doctrine that... I'm, I'm still... Until this day, because I remember you having this conversation yeah. with me. It was you, me, and Dan, right? Yeah. At one time, Chanel was in the room, and Chanel was just like, yeah, he was just like, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you just break it down for. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but anyway, it's a, it's a, it's one of the central doctrines of Reformed theology, actually, which states that um, the people who are saved are saved because God has chosen them. So those who aren't saved and who aren't going to be saved. It means that they weren't chosen by God, and that's the reason that they weren't saved. So, of course, taken in by itself, it's a doctrine that ties in with other doctrines. There's something called the five points of Calvinism, or Tulip. They they've they've been broken down into a acronym called Tulip. Yeah. So, it's total depravity, which is the starting point, which says that men are totally depraved. Yeah. So, we are dead spiritually. Completely. So that what that means is that if we're dead, we're not alive to spiritual things, and we can't accept the gospel even if we wanted to, because we are not alive to accept it. So it needs a supernatural act of regeneration where our spirit is born again. Yeah. You know. You kind of like why this kind of explains why a lot of like the Baptist Church in Zambia is like divided in a way. It's like you have the reformed Baptist and there's conversions. Where I come from is like a conversion from where you come from. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so like this doctor select, I first, I think I came across it in and of itself. And in and of itself, I think it's a very. Controversial. It's very controversial and also a very scary, scary yeah, thing exactly. to come yeah, across. Exactly. Yeah. Because. Honest, if you know it partially. It's a dangerous. Um, you've heard, you've heard about it, right? I already kind of know about it. Big waves getting elements yeah. from. Mm-hmm. Just f- finish breaking it down for <laughs> people because. Oh, so oh the, the, the tulip. Yeah. Oh yeah, so T total depravity. We're totally depraved, yeah. so we can't even accept. We can't even want to be saved because yeah. you know we're we're dead spiritually, and then, um, so it, it takes and you know our spirits to be regenerated, and in the same way you can't choose to be born the first time you're just born mm-hmm. it's the same way you can't choose to be born again it's and it's you know the the the, the thing about nicodemus asking jesus when he's like you know you, mm-hmm. you need to be born again to see the kingdom and then he's like how you know how can i yeah. you know and then jesus talked about how like the wind moves and you don't know how it moves it's the same way the spirit moves so it's the spirit who does that work mm-hmm. um so then the you is unconditional election so that is that God has chosen already, but the unconditional is there because there are some people who are like, well, it's, it's maybe it's, it's conditional in that, you know, he's God. So he foresaw the people who are going to like, you know, accept his yeah, salvation. And so he chose them. Yeah, because but it's pretty much sovereign. In that yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's conditional. But then unconditional says no, because if, that was true, then there was a condition to their election being that they were going to say, so they would have done something towards their own salvation because they were going to 
say it. Yeah. So that's the reason he chose them because of something in them. Yeah. But unconditional says there's no condition. There's nothing that they've done. And actually he chose them before time and in eternity passed. He had already chosen back then when those, the pact of salvation was made between the Holy Trinity. And so, <laughs> so unconditional, that's unconditional election. And then limited atonement, another controversial doctrine, which says that the, that Jesus' blood, while having the power to save an infinite number of people, is limit like is only limited to saving those who have been chosen. So it, it kind of falls unconditional election. So the atonement is limited to those people. Uh, my explanation of limited atonement is a bit before my my informed friends are like, hey, uh, but then uh, <laughs> the I is irresistible grace. That is that you won't be able to resist. So those those who've been chosen. When they that call comes from the Holy Spirit, no matter what, no matter what they, they can't resist. Yeah. And then uh, the P is perseverance of the saints. That is that those who have been saved will persevere to the end. And once they, you have that salvation, it can't be taken away from you. <clears throat> and you will persevere to the end. And if you don't persevere to the end, it means you didn't actually have it in the first place. So basically that's a roundup of those doctrines of grace, which are sometimes called the five points of Calvinism. So I was upset when I heard the doctrine of election and I was very like bitter towards God. And I was just like, if he's already chosen, like, yeah. ah, that's the point. Yeah, you I, know, I, I took it very um, uh, one dimensionally at the time. Was yeah. when you told me about it. Like, what? <laughs> I just went home and was like, ah, you know, yeah, like, like, what's the point then? Yeah. Like, yeah but then after, after having our second conversation, I got to understand. Yeah. So, I yeah initially I was just like yeah this doctrine is like unfair and he's an unfair god like why if he's chosen like why then he choose everyone yeah. you know and if he hasn't if and so like why should I even do anything because if he's chosen me then yeah, it's going to happen anyway I mean you even ask yourself you, you that wasn't the first time you were contemplating your position in terms of being saved that was I don't know maybe a thousand mm. of your thoughts then you're, you're presented with this thing, wouldn't you just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm one of those who are, who are not counted? Yeah, I was just like, I think I'm one of... I, I remember, I like, that 2013 was a dark year for me. I remember, like, even having thoughts of, like, if I'm, if I'm already, like, condemned, like, maybe I should even just, like, sell my soul, you know? Mm. And sometimes it was, I would write about, like, some <laughs> really dark stuff. And we met at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was before I met. But yeah. But anyway, like fast forward to this time, I was reading this book called The Reign of Grace. And one of the chapters was The Reign of Grace in Our Election. And I, this time I read it and it had a completely different impact on me. Whereas before, I, I felt and what I came to realization was I was coming at this from a point of pride. Of like... I'm an insignificant creature in, you know, contrast, in juxtaposition to this person. Who am I to say, I deserve like, I d- or like, you know, he can do what he wants. Mm-hmm. And like, this doctrine just was like showing me like, I'm so insignificant that he can, he can, and he's sovereign. So he has the right to be like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll choose that you are going to be a vessel of destruction. Because mm-hmm. in Romans chapter nine, actually, which has been dubbed the most hated chapter, it deals with this 
and f- about Esau and Jacob, yeah. and it talks about lumps of clay, some used um, for holy things and some used for unholy things. Mm-hmm. And so some vessels that are created for, for destruction. And yeah. it's like you won't say to the potter, why have you used this lump of clay mm-hmm. for something holy and this lump of clay for this? Then how can you then say to the creator? So it, instead, the, the effect it had on me this time was one of humbling me to a point of like, oh, like I'm this insignificant then and like then my only hope is if he has, you know, like he's my only hope. And it kind of changed my disposition towards that doctrine. And I kind of, I felt like, oh, it's because I used to feel like it's it's not an evangelical doctrine. Like you're saying, it's dangerous. And like I said, the first time you heard it because it sounded weird. And, but then I felt like, okay, if you need to go before him in humility, and this is something that humbles you. It puts you in that disposition of like, okay, this is where your place is, and this is where your only hope. So you need to cry towards this hope. Yeah. And so I, I was reading, and I was reading this book, and like it was just so alive to me. I remember at that time in the next room, my brother and KB were playing Injustice. And I was in my room, like, reading this book. I, I didn't even want to be, like, there playing yeah. the game because, like, this book was just, like... And then I just had a moment where I'm, like, I believe, mm-hmm. you know? And I was, like, okay. Yeah. You know, one of the easiest places to know that you've come to good terms with your faith is when you realize your insignificance. Like, anyone who comes to me and tells me God is so superior, so far, like, your speech completely has you in the abstract... It for me, it's the easiest place. I'll just be so comfortable and just go like, oh man, let's get into deep topics now. Because mm. when you have others who, like I said before, like guilt, guilt really prevents a lot of things. Even the ability to see perspectives, like for you to to see how God handles things, that the you know when I let me just draw back a bit to doctrine. I believe doctrine has a very powerful place. But it's if taken wrongly, like you're new, how can you be feeding on meat? You know what I mean? You you have to take the milk first. And if you don't understand the milk, then there's a big problem. And if you just look at each one of those um, parts, the tulip, every one of them can be explained. And they're kind of straightforward. When you're saying them, I don't feel much of the um, controversy. Like, okay, um, how many people have already been chosen? We already know in the scriptures there'll be sheep and there'll be goats. That's clear. So definitely God knows that. He can say he has chosen, but he doesn't even need to choose. He made it that way. The L of existence, time itself, there is nothing beyond him. Then you also look at, um, was it? Like if you're going to be saved, part of them, like I was just speaking the themes, Part of them said, um, if you're going to be saved, you're part of the saved ones, then definitely you you, you cannot resist it. I mean, mm-hmm. when you um, uh, when you submit yourself to Christ or submit yourself to God, you the Holy Spirit is one that plays the part of actually convicting you into being in that state. And without Him, it cannot happen. So definitely, if you if He does not act like the wind, you want you want to be saved and. All of them can be explained, but when you're just new to it, it's a very dangerous thing. Because, um, like, for me right now, even if I have all this kind of understanding, I'm facing some things right now that when I looked at those doctrines, I was just like, 
Um, our questions here and here. Mm. It's very delicate. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm so glad that up in the end you still had that point where you finally see the insignificance of your own existence. In the only way you have any significance is in the substance of God, and <laughs> beyond that, <laughs> it's, it's it's a difficult journey. Yeah. Like, way difficult. Grace. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, that was 2013. Um, yeah, so that answers your previous question. Yeah, but I love it. In, well, it answers your question at least up to a point mm. in terms of <laughs> in terms of where where I'm at now is slightly different. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'll, I'll come to that. Um, we're, we're talking about music, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's where Stacey's free came. So I met Tumelo. Uh, we started working together then he was like oh I'm actually starting a new band called Stasis Bridge you wanna join I'm like oh cool we started working together uh, Temwani was Temwani was already there at the time right yeah, Beginning? yeah, yeah. yeah. then uh, Chana was in Namibia initially when we started then he came back to Zambia then I was like yo there's this band here do you wanna join yeah. and Chana being the band whore that he is <laughs> <laughs> Excuse my French. <laughs> you know when we're in Namibia, the guy was in like four different bands. Sure, yeah. He was in a reggae band playing bass. What? That was Crimson Play. Eh? No, Crimson Play was a band here in Zambia. Really? Yeah, Crimson oh. Play was a band here in Zambia. Yeah. It was actually a Christian rock band. Is that the singer sounding like Sonny from POD or something? Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so Chenna obviously was like, ah, sure, yeah, I'm gonna join the band. <laughs> <laughs> then you met. Uh, that guy from Avondale who linked us up with Ted, right? Yeah. What's, what was it? Howard. Yeah, Howard. Yeah. Howard. Then, yeah, then we had Ted. <laughs> yeah. first oh, actually, Ted wants your number, man. I just remembered. <laughs> 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 we met Ted last time, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's like, he, he lives right next to Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he wants your number. like the same premises. Yeah. Uh, Ted, Ted. <laughs> You know, like when going to Lake of Stars this year, because um, like Daniel pulled out last minute, yeah, the week before, then I'm like, yeah. we need the drama. So I was desperate. So I'm like, yo, Ted, we need to go to Malawi this weekend, and we need the drama. Can you like stand in for us? He was like, yeah. and then I'm like, because I'm used to dealing with Daniel, who likes yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, but yo, it's not a paid gig. Yeah. So he was because when I told him, he's like, Yo, dude, I'm down, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, So the pay gigs, like, like I, so I can't pay you. He's like, No, Lorato, you already paid me a long time ago. So I'm like, Ah, cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's like, So I'm like, Ah, you know, um, do you have a passport? I can't remember if he said he had one or what, but mm. anyway, he's like, When is rehearsal? I'm like, So rehearsal is tomorrow. Um, we're meeting up, <laughs> and the day of the rehearsal. Ah, Guy is quiet. Try reaching out to him, nothing. Then he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry, man. I can't remember what he said happened. And well. then, yes, Ted, I'm putting you on blast here. Yeah. And then like, I'm like, yo, like, uh, oh, no, we're meeting again tomorrow Yeah. Um, at Chanel's place. He's like, oh, this time, all right, cool, cool, I'll be there. Then yeah. <laughs> I, at that time, I already had made an alternative plan. Uh, no, in fact, he called me oh, okay. when he was like, he was like, oh, sorry, this is what happened. I think he said mm-hmm. his phone or something. He's like, sorry. So he called me in the morning. Like, so I'm like, oh, actually, meet supposed to meet tonight yeah. at Chanel's place. <laughs> like, okay, cool. But that time, I didn't even tell him that. Oh, we made like a plan C. We were like, yeah. okay, Chana, you play drums. Yeah. 
Uh, and then I was like, okay, let me just, yeah. <laughs> I was like, let, I was like, let me just see if he's going to show up. Yeah. So, uh, but then I just left it. Yeah. And I didn't hear from him until I think after I came back from Malawi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Ted, that was our first drama. <laughs> Did you feel like uh, you working with different people has given you some kind of like a like a high tolerance for you know like m- most most of the letdowns? As far as like bands, <laughs> uh, like band drama, bands are concerned, band dramas actually, yeah. Uh, dramas, drama. We've yeah. gone through so many dramas, right? Huh? Yeah. Um. And so is dramas. Like, from, from, from. I, I think so. I think I have, yeah. Like, yeah, I think I have because even the way I was able to look at, like, the tour and the thing at social with Jenna. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> You're so composed. Man. Like, dude, like that night, I was, I was ready to quit. I was yeah. just like, you know what, guys? Yeah. If this tour wasn't happening, I was even going to be like, yo, guys, yeah. I'm, I'm done. done. Yeah. Like, you seem, you seem cool. Like, no. there's nothing I could do. Yeah. Like. Yeah, no, that's why even like the our performance stays spray. Like I wasn't even yeah. like there. Yeah. I wasn't even like present. I was just like, you know yeah. what, just get this over and done with. I was like going to be done. But then I mean the certain things you for one, like I drove home with him, like the guy was ish, the guy was crushed that night. And then <laughs> certain things like certain why this is happening. I was even saying like he made he made Ganizani like lose like that was the first yeah. time I saw Ganizani lose his composure. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ganizani is also just like, you know, yeah. but that like that day Ganizani like <laughs> lost it. <laughs> but like when I got to thinking like even when after the show I was talking to critic and criticals, he was even just like, you know what? You know, no one died. What? Yeah. We did it. Yeah. And then like this is sometimes yes. In fact, most of the time, his his performs and it's his it's his on him where he like Shana needs like you could have done this to mitigate this. We'll but, yeah, but that day, I mean, it's his it's his work. You know, that's where he earns his money. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not earning like <laughs> big bucks from the what we were doing. Yeah, so like you can also I can also understand get that you know it couldn't be helped. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Ted, how did Ted come? Oh yeah, because we Ted was like our first drummer. Oh yeah, then yeah, yeah the stasis journey started. Yeah, stasis. <laughs> the documentary. Mm. Follow us as we watch stasis prepare for the next concert. Stasis is probably going to be an indie band in the beginning. Remember that first song with the money? Yeah. What was it called? Uh, Marinette. Yeah. yeah, that had more like an indie sound. Yeah. <laughs> then Chana came, and then I don't know how it just changed because I remember Chana uh, playing Overcast for me, and I was like, okay, H- how do I approach this song? Because I remember first you even like, yeah, but this sound is not Stasis. Like, yeah, with yeah, Overcast, yeah. like, yeah, it's just like too heavy for like Stasis. Yeah. I said that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Coming from uh, metalcore background. Yeah, and before that, some of the songs were like more like almost what what are they like? Not exactly punk, but post grunge. Like yeah. remember hard heartbreaks. Remember so ching 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 ching. Ah, indie esque. You and me, bro. 
Yeah, like the yeah. first that was like one of the first Stacy Space songs. He actually composed wow. that, and it was yeah. very, yeah, very different. <laughs> Is it the one that you first shared with me? I think I'm not sure that's on anyone except these guys. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, it didn't, and it didn't see the light of day. Uh, yeah, never will. It will yeah. on the documentary. Sure. So yeah, so then Stasis Break came in the picture. Uh, fast forward, that's been like five years. Um, at this point, I had stopped like the whole producing thing. Um, then I started playing bass. No, first I was rhythm guitarist. Yeah, you were. For Stacey's spray, because mm-hmm. uh, I I used to play both keys and rhythm guitar. Shalu actually joined us. Shalu, yeah, and he was bass. Lumba as well. Lumba was supposed to, Lumba was supposed to be a drummer. Oh, drummer yeah. She sold herself, so we were like, yeah. <laughs> she was like, yo, I, you guys, I can play the drums. So I'm like, what? I'm like, that'd be cool. We can have like a yeah. female drummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, so like, yeah, yeah. I, I met Lumba at the same church, Kabata Baptist Church. Yeah. Just so you know, like now the difference between me and Lumba is Lumba. She grew up in that church. Uh, so she's had a very conservative upbringing. So I invited her over to like the Stasis Play practice. And then she like was just like, what is happening? Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> and I was like, the tank top. And, and yeah. You know, like, yeah, just being machismo and aggressive. Like, what's up? You know, like, let's do this. And she was just like, whoa. Like, <laughs> but kind like, what you feel? Time we invited you to that Pentecostal gathering. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. Uh, we, 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 we like danced to all the journals you can think of. It was like it was like an, an afternoon of praise and worship. Uh, like, uh, we, we only want uh, crazy Christians, <laughs> <laughs> crazy Christians. If you're if you're a dignified Christian. You're not my people. You know? <laughs> dance, be crazy. So, so we had to dance, man. You <laughs> were there dancing like rumba style, like 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 gospel rumba and whatnot. Yeah, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> not, not my forte. Uh, so. I wonder how that guy would feel in a came to like a conservative right service. Yeah. It's like hymns and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. Yeah. I, I I go to uh, Miracle Life, which is a Pentecostal church as well, but yeah. even they are not that yeah. you know, like hyped up, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like, it's like a line, and things kind of got out of control. But I'll not get into that here. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So st- well, Lumba, yeah. Oh yeah, she was yeah. supposed to join us drama. Yeah. We went to Mojo Studio. Oh, yeah. uh, we're working with, with Jonah. Jonah, a guy called Jonah. Where's Jonah? Man? I have no idea. I haven't spoken to him in years. Uh, so then, yeah. So then we went there, and I remember, like, we're telling him, like, oh, we have this girl, like, drum. And then there was this artist. I don't think she's still singing. Kanji. The lawyer. Yeah, she's, yeah. yeah. So she heard, like, oh, this is, there's a band outside who has a female drum. So she came out, and she's like, you're trying to, like, meet us, but in particular, like, Lumba, like, yeah. oh, you know. So, like, Lumba was being built up, like, yeah. like, <laughs> then we went in. <laughs> That's it. She hadn't played drums in a long time, so <laughs> yeah, okay. it didn't really, it didn't really work out. Yeah, so it didn't really work out. But anyway, us as a unit were like, yeah, we're bad. We're not tight. We're not tight. There was a guy who was like, you guys, you need to like listen to each other and like, you know. Yeah. And I was just like looking at this guy, like, what does this guy think he knows? Yeah, that's like, the part of the documentary where <laughs> things go bad. 
Oh, you know? that day China didn't come, huh? That was that was the, That's the day like, you guys were falling out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First day I've seen China like lose. You actually texted China like right after you lost, like, dude, please don't quit. <laughs> you know, like, let's do this thing, it'll work out. Well, I was like, then you texted back, I was like, yeah, don't worry about it, man. We we'll meet we we'll meet up for practice tomorrow, <laughs> and we did, right? Yeah. yeah. It was like like a Saturday we met on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was weird, man. <laughs> yeah. So now, yeah, stasis. Um. It's documentary. <laughs> What's up with you? That's my video. Did you know Stasis Prey is like one of those top bands in Zambia? Sure. And then what's happening inside is very, you know, expected. <laughs> it's nice to share that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, I think that brings you up to speed with yeah. with my musical journey. And then the last chapter of your faith. <laughs> the yeah, last chapter. Opening, opening for the witch, but anyway, we'll skip that. Uh, oh, and we hope. Oh yeah, yeah, that, you did, yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. was cool. You know, I wonder if we featured in the documentary. Uh, I wonder. Because remember, like Geo, like took yeah, some yeah, footage yeah, of yeah, us. Yeah. Stardust Avenue. Yeah. So I wonder if because it's out, and then like the like the date was screening in Osaka. I left. couldn't make it. No, I was like around, but I couldn't make it, and like Geo even like. Uh, posted on Facebook and he tagged like all of us like yo like the movie is showing in Osaka today like the I don't know if you guys know there's a documentary that was done on Jagger yeah, Chandler yeah so he's like yo it's and the, so the director dude is like yo it's showing today I was like ah, I couldn't make it and I was so bummed out yeah. but yeah like it was really cool like opening I remember that night when but because by that time we had we had performed a bit we had done some shows at Bongwe yeah. and like I was starting to think like we were you know, we were it. I was like, yeah, like we are a dope band. Your fingers were frozen. As so, well. was like a cold uh, and then, uh, but yeah, <laughs> like, so like Stardust Avenue went on and they were great. And then we went on. I was like, we were great as well. And I was just like, yeah, so let's now see what uh, the witch has to offer. And then they went on stage and I was blown away. I was yeah. just like, wow. It's like, we, it felt like we're here and they are there. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was just yeah. like, Ish, <laughs> the like I was, I was just blown away. Like yeah. it was great. So it's not even a surprise that right now they're like touring America and oh. what Europe. Europe because like the band still sounds great, and the and they have that cult following, obviously, sure. um, overseas, which helps. Um, so yeah, that that was that was really cool and we opened for uh, for the witch. Hopefully, we can do it again. Mm-hmm. Jaggery, if you're listening. I still, I still have to Yeah, we need to, like... I, I still maintain that I wanted him to executive produce the, the next our album. next album. Yeah. We could make a few calls. Like, that that would be really cool. Yeah. Well, it, would, it could mean, like, altering some of the songs and things, but in a way, I, I think it... Mind. I don't mind. And in a way, I think it brings something... That I can't, don't remember who said it. You, you said about the band all being, like... It's it's it also helps when there's that outside person yeah. who can then be like okay, this is what we're like you know to kind of bring everything together, uh, which might not be there when we're self-produced. Kind of like when I watched the Metallica documentary, mm. and they were talking about pre-Black Album. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, like the pre-Black Album. I don't have familiar guys with Metallica, but. Um, like Metallica released three albums, so um, 
uh, Kill Em All, uh, Ride the Lightning. This is the best Metallica album, right? For, for like the, the real thrash hands. This, I think they say either Ride the Lightning or Master Kill of Puppets. Okay. Yeah. What should I say Kill Em All? Let's say Master of Puppets is like when they became mainstream and whatnot. The Kill Em All is like... Not, not really. Like... It's like a movement, dude. Like yeah, a movement of like thrash metalheads. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I get, I get what you mean. I think it's mainly because it was their first. Because oh, okay. Killam was yeah. their first album, and you know, Hungry, there's, there's, yeah. and there's no. As consumers of music, we are victims of nostalgia. Yeah. yeah and sure. so, the first thing is always there's always that hearkening back to that first thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like like Kanye, and you know, oh. I miss the old Kanye mm. because like you want that college dropout oh, Kanye. Yeah. Um, but Coldplay. yeah, Coldplay as well. Like, and I'm guilty of that because I don't really like most of their new stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like with those those three albums, which were like thrash metal, Kill yeah. 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets. Then came the Black Album, with where they slowed things down a little like bit. Groove, yeah. yeah, and that was the album where they got like a producer yeah. to come and. Yeah. Which album is that? That's the only album I think. That's it's a self-titled album. Or sometimes referred to as the Black Album. Yeah, yeah. it's called the Black Album. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. So, <laughs> I'm scared of Metallica. Like, the, my first experience was not good. With Metallica? Mm, huh. Bad dreams. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. M- might have been Inter Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> which is literally about. <laughs> about nightmares. Yeah, um, it's a song about nightmares. Which is like. James Hetfield is one of the best songwriters oh boy, here we go. ever. Like I'm just throwing it out there again. Like James Hetfield is one of the best songwriters. Like it's not even an argument. It's like it's, it's him sure. or the No, just like, one I mean, of the best. Yeah, no, no. one of the best. Oh, I see what you're trying to do here. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you, you want me to mention someone else and then you know, open up. No. Yeah. No, James said it was one of so even just that song where it's about nightmares. You know, the chorus is egg, exit night. Huh? Huh? What is it? Exit night. Exit light. Exit light. Enter, Enter night. night. Let me see. Uh, Let me see. Grain of sand. Yeah. No, that's like the, the last part of the chorus. Uh, lost in. Lost, yeah. But like yeah. just the concepts, even like the song Master of Puppets, which is yeah. there. Some. People consider it to be their magnum opus. Yeah, it is a song. If you listen to it, you even be, you have you be like, because like master, okay. obey your master, so, come a, crawling faster. The yeah. thing that really scared me, because I actually agree with you, the way those songs are written, Strange. you really get absorbed in it, like structured you know, well. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm you know scared. Scared. I mean, like, yeah. so yeah, like so, master of puppets, you know. Obey your master. Come crawling faster. You know your life burns faster. You listen to it and you be like, you know, obey your master, master of puppets. I'm pulling your strings. Uh, you know, so like you listen to it and you be like, mm, like yeah. you know this song. But that song is actually about drug abuse. Yeah, and yeah. it's written from the perspective of the drugs. Yeah, it's like the first. It's like yeah. It's like the first time we heard uh, uh, "Creating God" by Avenged. Yeah. Like, oh, blasphemy! Creating God. <laughs> And like after deep, uh, after like doing a deep dive into the song, it was like, oh no, it's actually about AI. It's talking about how modern day um, humanity is like building machines and making them uh, ah, basically gods. Yeah, in a way. So it's like perspective. Yeah. So, but the first time I saw, I was like, no, one of her bands. Like, it's a really good song. I was like, I can't listen to it because it's like, no, but it's like, like blasphemy and whatnot. Like, 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 just the same with uh, doctrine. 
what is the what's it what's the depiction what does what does it mean mm-hmm. and if you don't know it you pick it up the way it is and yeah. I, had, we had, I had like that perspective of saying rock music is all like good music yeah well not until i got introduced to the your music you're thing. welcome yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no, until I listen to listen to any of my band songs. Yeah, which <laughs> I, I cannot recall You're names welcome. and everything. But there's one band that I need to like listen to. Um, Definitely. So far, I like like Manchester Orchestra. Yeah, and which a guy who's singing about wheels. Wheels cake. It's cake. Yeah. It's not, but oh yeah, anyway, you know, it's not really. It's not, it's not like rock, rock, but yeah, it's, it's cool. It's it's an intro. training wheels. Yeah, it's fine. Cold play, then yeah. you'll get into the hard stuff. Eventually, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> get into the hard stuff. I mean, you hear what he's saying. No, as in the thing is, Metallica. Like, if you heard the when he was talking about Metallica and whichever bands were there. Like the others, I'm familiar with because of Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome as well, but. But you Metallica just need to like, specifica. Yeah, Mocha introduced me to lots of cool bands like uh, Anne Berlin. I knew Anne Berlin. Uh, uh, Mocha. Uh, uh, but other stuff. I that was Mocha. Now, you you you'd understand it if you like pick the right ones. You don't yeah. start with things like Metallica. No. Yeah, because first, if you don't even listen to how they're playing and understand what's the what the content is, you won't be able to even. Decrypt what else is happening, and then you jump straight to Metallica. Well, just just listen to Linkin Park. That's it. Everyone starts with Linkin Park. Yeah, yeah. Like the gateway. Pretty much, yeah. Get the underground albums. Nice. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Underground albums. Yeah. Hybrid theory, I think. Yeah, even before that, like unreleased. Yeah. What's a collection of those? It, yeah, there's some good songs there, but like the production, I think it was terrible. We'll throw them off. Yeah. Was, well, that's well, that's yeah. why you wanted to listen. To that. Yeah, okay, I see what you're doing. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, here we are now. Yeah, and then blend music. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It's good. Yeah. How how long have we been talking? We've been talking for over two hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm actually I'm impressed. Like, I was looking at you guys and like. He's a strong guy. We'll <laughs> be wrapping up soon. Yeah, yeah, no one, no one is going to make it this far. Yeah, <laughs> we we'll have to slice up. Yeah. It's for the record. Yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. When, when I'm when we're dead and gone, it's like, oh, we we had this conversation. Yeah. Zambia had rock artists sure. and rap artists who are called poets. Yeah. So I actually have a question in regards to rock music and Zambia, right? Well, what do you think makes the witch uh, so interesting to other other countries yeah even just in this country because I, I, I remember watching a documentary about them like the Zambians were actually talking about the witch yeah. I think that was when they were relaunching dude my dad it's the original yeah. it's the original band that's still there yeah. like no, the no, complete... no, 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 no only Jaggery Chanda the lead singer is alive yeah, that that buzz that they got in this country, man. Why why are they so different? History lesson. Rato was, was so psyched to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here it goes. So, 
one one of the reasons why they were so popular when they came out is because they were doing rock music. And at that time rock music was the popular music globally. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's the reason they were doing rock music is because rock music was popular. So they would listen to if you hear Jagger and speak, you say we're well, listening to bands like the Rolling Stones and In fact, he got he got his name from the Rolling Stones lead singer Mick Jagger. So he took the Jagger and Africanized it to Jaggery. Gender. The original way they played, I'm not sure how they did it. Now they're doing it now. It was close to swing as well. And there was a lot of swing music, whether it was in jazz, soul, rock itself. So even just coming here, it was one, it sounded authentic. And there was that Zambian feel. Like if you listen to it, it's rock, but it feels homely like yeah, yeah although that that came a little bit later yeah so in, yeah like initially like they had the if you, the earlier stuff is more kind of leaning towards the western sound then they were like oh let's infuse like that african element and african um you know, yeah so that kind of is one of the reasons why now it resonates out there because it's because of that like there's that African element, you know, uh, but then it's also because just it's like a, it's like a collectible, you know. There's people out there who like collect records, like they like they do that, and they have like hundreds and hundreds of records, and but so like for me, I listen to every genre. So like there's a specific artist I would want, and then if they have that unique sound. I would pick them, like yeah. put them at the top somewhere. Yeah, get that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, specifically people who are into like psychedelic rock, like who like really dig for like gems and things. So that's how they came across like, you know, music like this. In fact, the guy who's doing who did who directed the documentary, huge fan of like psychedelic rock. Yeah, and that's how he found out about it. And he was like, he initially just wanted to come and just meet, you know. Uh, Jaggery, then you know, so it is a huge fan of it, fan of it, yeah. and so it's like it, it's developed this cult following outside of Zambia uh, because of that. So, but uh, of authenticity, uh, tying back to to the roots of where they come from. Sure, yeah. but then there was like something else going on at the time the witch was coming up. Wasn't there like some kind of a revolution in Zambia? So uh, weren't allowed to like go out at night to to like watch bands play and yeah know, that that just... was that was actually when yeah. they started to die oh okay. yeah oh, okay like yeah. that that was when they started to die out in like popularity mm. because um yeah like like he mentioned they they brought in like curfews yeah. they couldn't play late shows, and disco music was now starting to overtake rock music oh. as the popular music uh, genre of music, so actually. The witch had a disco phase where, like, they kind of reinvented as a disco band after that. But the disco side of things isn't so <laughs> so popular. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, I think, disco, yeah. and I think when you're at a certain level, like, when you have so many eyes on you, you have to push, like, push yourself way harder than you would normally do it. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, because so, you can imagine 
your Stasis Prey played and Stasis Prey is, is getting into its disco phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think Del told was it talking to you? Yeah. Was it you or I don't forget who, oh, who was talking to but he was like okay. you guys are you, you guys have become mainstream now. <laughs> it's something like that. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go mainstream. Yeah, you go mainstream. Yes, it's yeah. fine. I, I I honestly think if if I don't know if it depends on how you want to take it. I'm I'm just in ways in the documentary we'll talk more about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if you want to monetize it, mainstream. Ah, it's so hard to say. <laughs> so hard. Yeah. I think the, the what we should do mm-hmm. is right now, like Jagger Chan and the witch are like they're building steam. You yeah, yeah. did anyone watch the Watchmen? What the yeah. new Watchmen series? Yeah. You know which oh, song? Yeah, no, no. You know which? Which song? Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. Living in the past played in Watchmen. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like these guys are building up steam. It's kind of and it's like each year it's getting, it's growing more because like you go play yeah. in Europe, those festivals the players that will be like okay we'll call you back then our festivals will be like oh we just want you to come play here yeah. this year he went to America yeah. and then so those are guys like okay come back next year and then more festivals and then you know the, the on Watchmen, like the witch is playing. Browsers. So, like, yeah. if there's that interest that's linked, and one one of the things that's the, the tag that's linked to it is Zamrock. Mm. So, if if a rock band, I'm dropping gems for, if a Zambian rock band could just think and be like, hmm, let's piggyback onto that Zamrock yeah. thing yeah. train, which has already taken off, yeah. then you already have a route outside. The country, because there's an interest in that, and if it's like, oh, a new age, Zamrock band. That's why I wrote White Eye. That's why White Eye sounds the way it sounds. It's got that traditional feel, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah. it possible to uh, to associate enough with um, the witch, for example, to feature with them in these trips? Jagger and my dad um, are acquaintances. Yeah. Really and, uh, you have to exploit so, such opportunities. Well, actually, so, actually, so, so, so yeah, I, was, I, I got his number. And I actually had the thought, what if, like, Junkhead had, like, uh, like a scent before the witch. Right now they're touring, right? If they can, they could open for them. And they would, like, <laughs> they're the best band right now. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But, like... We're talking about stasis. <laughs> As in, it was on stasis. Junkie, it's great. It's a revival. Stasis. Do the gallows with you, Moses. Get out of here. Okay, so Junkie, great job, guys. Like, people. Junkie, it's pretty. Junkie, yeah, like, yeah. exceptional band. Yeah. Like, that's a band that I watch and I'm just like, these yeah. guys should be way bigger yeah. than yeah. they are. Sure. Oh, play the music. Isn't, I think this wouldn't this be one of those places where you do your thing? You pretty much have he's done that. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um and so before I lose my thoughts on yeah. the the thing with Jaggery, one of the th- the, th- the things is um it what it also it also depends on the sound of the music. Yeah, yeah. Um exactly. because like whenever there's a new release from when we released the album when Lumba's EP released, you know, I sent it to Gio. And I'm like, yo, you know, listen to this. Um, and usually his response is like, you know, it's cool, but it's not really the sound that I do. Because he has a, he has a blog even called Is Your Climb in a Jam, yeah. which is, you know, about psychedelic rock. So if there was a psychedelic 
project that was released and then like sent to him, he would immediately be like, "Oh, snap!" You know. Did you listen to my new band. <laughs> so, no, I'm saying that's for him. Oh, if you yeah. want to, if you're looking to work with him, so he's obviously all going to be true to him, and he's going to be like, mm-hmm. "What am I interested in?" Is psychedelic rock and and my contacts like there's a lot of like the music you guys are doing it's it's awesome like there's a lot happening in the music scene it's not it's not all right it's awesome okay don't 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 play it now we need the other part of this media industry to be active you need more blogs like that guy he's got a blog right how about for the other is there a guy what mike Scatema. Uh, the bands. Yeah, was, yeah, it was a guy trying to... He has like a blog, yeah. yeah. Where he talks about rock. But how much support does that blog have? Oof, zero. He actually no. wants to be on the podcast. That's the thing. So like, we, we haven't forgotten it. I think that's something that should also be touched. Like, it, these these industries have to blend. No, no. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> they can, can we relate to... The music is awesome. Yeah. Can we? I don't think you can. You can relate. You can relate to China's riffs. China, China just wants to play heavy metal and again somebody somebody who has not been exposed to no that's the thing to to the blog owners are the ones who should be exposed to it. So for example, um, that guy with the psychedelic rock, right? That's his niche, right? But who said you cannot have a, a wide range? Yeah. Blend is one person right now from what you've been listening. He's listened to all sorts of music. Even yeah. mixing Italica with Coldplay is very interesting. So you have so for yeah. him to to pass a comment on any one of these genres would be an authentic um, like insight into that uh, thing. And if you have a blog for that, I mean, it would mean something. And yeah. yes, here's 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 my. Most people that listen to Stasis say we don't. We sound like we're not from from around here. Yes, yeah. that's mm. that's where because I've asked them a question deliberately. See, why is the witch getting all this buzz? Yeah, but then when you but then another thing that you you can look at one of the mistakes I think I've made where I'm like okay I think these guys were right <laughs> in our early days in Stasis these guys wanted to focus more on like trying to appeal to the international market and go international uh, while I was like, you know, let's, you know, let's first, you know, try and do our thing here. But, but the witch is doing all these things now, but still there's very little support locally. This country, right? yeah. Like if there was a show, like, oh, the witch are performing, I doubt it's going to nah. be packed. In fact, that same show where we played, uh, where we opened for them, like the crowd there wasn't large. 90% of it was made up of like old timers. Yeah. Like, like our dads and whatnot. Oh, dude, dude's coming with records. Like, Jugger is So, like, the sport isn't there here, but out there, there's, you know, there's a footprint. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the only thing that I would say maybe, so it's it's difficult also because, I mean, Zambia has, like, what, 15 million people? Mm, 17 million people. So, it's, it's, rock is really a niche kind of music. So, it's difficult to appeal to a lot of people. I feel like it's when you listen, it's for Stasis Prayer, and that was my kind of big hope with Stasis Prayer was like. It's like it's good enough. 
my big hope was that people would listen to it live and then then they would get it yeah. like they won't they wouldn't get it unless they listen to it live which there's been people who've been like hmm, like I'm not a fan of rock music but you know you guys oh, yeah. like I really enjoyed that yeah. um, but then I guess there's only so much so many people you can reach in that way but but then again you also want to before you maybe go out of the country hone your craft up to a certain point like there was a point where if we had decided to like if we had an opportunity to go and perform out of the country like in our early years we wouldn't have done it justice you know yeah, whereas now we have the experience yeah. where like okay we'll be able to do this and so, like there's quite a number of artists who talk about doing it outside well, like, we in Namibia, huh? we'll okay. we have been perfect yeah, Sampa. Mm, but but Sampa She's based there. Is based there. Yeah, then um MC he said his music did better outside. Sure. Okay. Right, right, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I, I, like, know, I, I, it's, I don't it's, know. It's it's for me I'm finding it very <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm finding it very curious yeah. that we have to rely on the outside. And I'm thinking it's mostly these stereotypes that's already built up. There's there's no hope here. I'm sorry, man. You just have to be really realistic yeah, it's true right? and, and, Zambia, yeah, to... and also you have to look at the yeah. yeah like we look at the type of music that yeah. we're doing if we're doing mainstream music here then it, we have more numbers to deal with mm-hmm. but my my one big dream and the paradigm shift uh, no, no, no my one big dream is and I would like I would like to use blend music in that way somehow mm. as a kind of a link between but my one big dream is pan-Africanism okay. not necessarily trying to go out to the west yeah. but to use Africa mm. because yeah. we are well, as a continent we have the numbers you know there's a billion people yeah. Yeah. in Africa and sure. if each country like could work together you know and we had if we had like a network where yeah. and the link with these countries where okay there's a stasis pre release and the numbers that are, it's going to is all these people even live streaming even just like starting with the southern african region as well you know looking at south africa and namibia yeah. so i'm asking why haven't you toured namibia yet <laughs> you guys have been there you've got connections what the heck yeah, yeah. now we do what's one uh, muka why haven't you gone why haven't you walked up in doors was so yeah anyway to answer that's i think to answer your question um yeah yeah i guess we haven't had time to talk about that stuff (laughs) check it out and blend music and blend music in a nutshell though you could yeah 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 um blend music uh Blend music would, has has been evolving, still kind of evolving. When did it start again? It started in 2016, yeah. sort of. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like like uh, I feel like blend music wouldn't exist without Lumba. Um, yeah. When I started working with Lumba, was so like someone, a friend from church, introduced me and was like, "Oh, I have a friend who sings and you know writes songs and stuff." Yeah. And so I met her, and so I was like, oh, you know, she'd send me her songs and stuff. So she'd send them, and but back then, I really yeah, like. You, play, you played them for us. Like, they're really like Disney, yeah, like pop, poppy, yeah. Poppy, and I was just like, yeah, it's cool, but yeah, not really. 
then I still remember the song that she sent where I was like, oh, okay, she sent her song tomorrow. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is dope. It's like really like indie. And um, so like we used to like just like talk and she'd send me music and stuff. So I'd maybe send her music. Uh, maybe like Shalu would send me a song. I'm like, oh, listen to this song. And then she'd be like, like, dude, like so many people like you, you have access to these people who do these different types of music. You just start like in like a label or something. Yeah. Then I was like, ah, maybe I should start, you know, something. And so that's that's how Blend Music started. And shout out to Lumba. So yeah. Yeah, you a great job. Lumba, Lumba and Shalu. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh my brother CJ, he put you on the map. Oh yeah. CJ, good job. CJ. Awesome. Yeah, he won. He won our social, one of our social media battles. Battles, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was well, the thing yeah. What yeah. was like the, the criteria? Is that that's something that you're bringing back? Yeah. I I want to. Yeah. I that that thing was like I kind of stumbled into it, but it yeah. was like a, a really genius way of pushing of pushing the brand, the blending yeah. brand, yeah, brand. For real. because you just tap into so many different people's networks. Mm-hmm through it yeah. because everyone who comes who want to bring their people to come and vote yep. and all yep. this um, it was like brilliant but what I wanted to do was to bring it again but bigger yeah like you know increase the prize money increase the attention oh, okay. that's yeah. Yeah. it is to so so 1000 with, like, with like a grand it's like dude I won man <laughs> oh. here's a hundred I'm like nah nah it's like, it's like, <laughs> no I took it <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, uh, mm-hmm. lunch lunch man yeah that was yeah so yeah, I want to bring it back. In fact, I came up with like a master plan for blend music. I'm like, okay, I want this and this to feed into this and this and it all, but it all needed a certain amount of capital. Yeah. And I like from I was like, you know, from my previous job, I know people who I can go to and be like, yo, I want you to invest in this. So there's a guy who I reached out to. The amount of capital I needed, you know, was something that wasn't much for him, you know, and. We we met a couple of times. Our talks yeah. reached almost like an advanced stage, but then he pulled out f- for reasons that I now understand, which I didn't know then. One of the reasons why it was, it was I think it was good that I went to him is because he's an entrepreneur, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why he was very interested because he's like you know I'm to see someone else. But then there's certain things about entrepreneurship that he knew and that he knows that I didn't know and that I don't know, and so one of the things was. Um, I decided, you know, it's before I was practically doing it by myself. I was like, no, I can't do this by myself. Let me bring in people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, guys, you, I need you to bring in these skill sets. I can't pay you, but I'll give you a share holding. Yeah. I don't know if I should, if I should say this, but anyway, they're, prob- they're probably not going to listen to it, the ones who've been slacking anyway. But the <laughs> biggest mistake that I made in... So if you guys are going into entrepreneurship and... It's if if someone because like if you come up with something you have the drive and you have the passion for it yeah you can't really guarantee someone else's commitment to it mm. so to bring someone on board yeah without yeah. first knowing that is a grave mistake because you don't know what they're going to put in and they have they haven't sacrificed anything yeah. for it before this same thing so yeah oh. and um, huh. What, what? I remember the question. Uh, Horizon. Uh, yeah. Horizon. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. Just carry on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so he so he was like, Look, 
so who are he wanted to know like who are the other directors who are the shareholders what are, what's their shareholding yeah. what did they put in wow. to get that shareholding because he's like if i bring in I, I put this money these people who haven't put anything automatically have that stake in this and he's like i know you yeah. and i know what your commitment is and like you know but then i don't know like these yeah, people yeah. like you're saying this person is an accountant working here what happens if they get transferred to the copper belt how they now what's they what they justified what they justified their justification yeah. for being shareholders was their what they call sweat equity what yeah. they're going to put into the company how then they're going to be able to put this in because yeah. it's not a priority for them and if i'm bringing my my money and i'm putting it in then these people automatically have a percentage in it yeah so yeah that was his like major thing where he was like he like pulled out of it wow. so yeah that kind of that kind of like sucked yeah and so i had been like ah this plan needed money <laughs> yeah. it was not going to work without money it yeah. needed the money so then i was just like i got a point where i was like okay let me just let's just start and let's just be doing something mm-hmm. and let's just see how things go because yeah. even though he pulled, pulled out he was he kind of left it where it's like you know if you can come back with having done something because there it was just an idea basically yeah. with can come and show okay we've done this and yeah. this is how it's going yeah. then maybe you know um so then i you know i was down for a while but then i was like okay let's do something mm. which is well like okay let's just start doing bring back the rock shows you know i wanted to do the social media battles i couldn't because i don't have money yeah um so yeah that's so blend music I was the tour came up and I was like okay let me do it this is something I've not done before because um I'm like if certain things don't work out I'm like okay it's lessons learned but if I have an opportunity to do something new I'm like okay let me try this new thing and you know let's see how it goes yeah. then work out at least let me learn something new from this it's the beauty of you you don't you don't quit Yeah, I mean, even even that entrepreneur, he experienced these things. Yeah. Quite good to just go through it and just make sure you don't just stop. You have to maintain that energy. Yeah. Yeah, and then check it out. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Rise or fall. Yeah. So, yeah, so check it out. Yeah. Um, financial services hub, like I said. Yeah. Parker wouldn't let me be great, so I changed the name. Uh. <laughs> It is initially spelled check C H E Q U E. Uh check it out. Uh, it was meant to be quite witty. Yeah. But they were like no. So I had to change the name. Yeah. Uh but at least I had learned some lessons from Blend Music. So with this one I did I did sell some shares because I needed some money for certain things. Yeah. But I was I made sure like the people who were coming on board like paid Oh nice. Okay. Uh, the people who are going to be shareholders paid okay, and to mention a few things. No, no, no. Okay. no, no it's so, cases. So yeah. like they they paid. <laughs> so yeah, like they paid and and I was I was like okay, I don't even expect the sweat equity from you. Yeah. Like just the yeah. You know the the, the cash, the liquid cash. Yeah. And so at least I had that kind of lesson from <laughs> the previous uh the previous thing with Blend Music. Nice. So yeah. Lesson learned. Awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, where are you where where you currently stand, uh, as far as like uh, your your faith is concerned. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you're alluding. 
quiet and then i was having this uh, this argument with lumba and you were just there like listening i was like come on dude like get off my back here because i was yeah in a i mean uh place i mean I, is this my fault no 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 okay, no because no, okay. no. <laughs> i was having this argument though they were like taking me home and i was arguing with lumba. no that's just for him, for him to come to the council of pentalk yeah reflects his his doubt in everything okay mm-hmm. so I doubt the word of God so let me find all the reasons why I should continue doubting it so mm-hmm. one of those reasons is the way it was collected one of those reasons is why the seven the seven, the seven sea scrolls uh, exist uh, other reasons are if 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 these like now even Muslims use this if all the scriptures are the same why do they different bible versions have some passages missing and what and what Moses was a Christian yeah so Everyone like but prior to the New Testament wasn't Christian, but you know they believed in in the prophecy. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's but Old Testament. Yeah. New Testament writers definitely believed because they were yeah. witnesses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would in your position, I wouldn't even bother myself with a question about the Bible itself. I would question the possibility of God being there. Like someone comes to you. This is this is where the scriptures are beautiful. The word of God comes to you, right? And someone will preach to you. That's why you have moments where you reflect, you even like oh, maybe maybe you should try and you try and it doesn't work out and you try again it doesn't work out. It's because someone has brought the word. The word is acting. That's on our part. We're saying the word is acting. So it's spoken to you. It gives you life. That life you you start reflecting, you're trying to bring it into existence, then the questions come and those questions come because you are a specific type of person the moment you understand it fully and i even through the conversation here you're referencing a lot of elements your mind is gifted like that like you are sharp i'll just say it in general right you do not expect to understand this uh, things the same way as anybody else face value yeah so when i come to you jesus loves you you know it you can feel it but the proof you're telling me it's from the word of god where is this word of god coming from and what and what so it's coming too secondary for you because your mind is that complex you should start with the question of should god exist and if he should then what steps do you take then when you reach the bible it is not your works there is nothing you can do to convince yourself that the word of god is real it is the holy spirit And the only way you do that is when you uh, do the leap of faith. You actually jump in and try it. Because here's, here's one funny thing people complicate this journey into the faith. There are a lot of ways you actually come to terms with a state of being a Christian. One of those is actually embracing the idea of your faith. Then, when you're in it, and I'll just say, like, I'm completely a skeptic. Someone told me, uh the scriptures this 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 right and it has convinced me okay let me try so i start following the journey then i start reading the bible it tells me oh, sleeping with girls uh, this is bad this is bad right you start feeling like it's now judging you it's it's controlling you it's restricting you in the very scriptures you find evidence where it tells you for sure your nature tells you that i am bad But the truth is what is bad for you is actually good for you because I'm the father. How can I give you what uh, uh, stones when you want fish, is it? Mm-hmm. 
you know, you cannot go to the Bible without having first reconciled the idea of God within yourself. Then that's for people like you, because that's where I am. I'm actually questioning the churches, not the word of God. Because mm-hmm. another thing, uh, there are a lot of uh, peculiar things people like in churches to be that Christian. I'm the cool Christian. I can quote this verse exactly. I can quote this verse exactly. I've mastered it. And then you're like, okay, you know all of that. What does it say about spiritual fathers? Then they start mixing it up. And I'm like, let's read it. Let's read the whole chapter. It doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. It's the word of God is not kind of in that place as well. But, the, you know, I, I, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, what I wanted to say is, I get what you mean, but then it's also kind of questioning the the why that you believe mm-hmm. that this word, and you touched on it a little bit, but I came to a semi conclusion that it's it's also an act of faith. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the believing itself, because, yeah. uh, but there is. Um, Vodi Bokam, yeah, uh, yeah. preaches at Kabota Baptist Church. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy his sermons because one is very, he's he's put them together very well. But he's also usually preaches from an apologetic perspective, yeah. kind of anticipates questions and then answers yeah. those questions. Yeah, within his uh, within his sermon, and he has he there's a video on YouTube actually. It has like I don't know how many something three hundred thousand views or something where he's talking about. You know why I believe the Bible, and I remembered when I was starting to think about this. I remembered once he had come for a conference before he moved to Zambia. He had come for one of those conferences, and he had talked about it, and people were just like, "Whoa!" You know, blown away. Yeah. And there's video on YouTube where it's like, you know, why I believe the Bible, and he talks about, you know, his his experience. You know, he he only read it for the first time when he was 18 or something. So, whereas of, of course with us it's different from the time where most of us are children. It's just put in our face. You know, this is the word of God. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. There's, which, there's never the, there's never that explanation as to why this is the word of God. Yeah, yeah, it's just sure. kind of you know, which is where I kind of started thinking about you know indoctrination and, yeah. um, you know, most people in the world who take up the religion in which they are born into. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, so he talks. He talks about why he believes, and he talks about what people will say. Well, um, and. I was I was looking at what reconciling it with what I thought like okay I believe because you know it's it it had this effect on me it had this real effect on me mm-hmm. so it, you know it must be true what it says must be true yeah. for this to have happened to me um, but he said something interesting actually when he's talking about people who uh, look at this as the highest authority and if your reason is that it changed your life well. Um, he's like, I can tell a story about this man, delinquent. He was a criminal, went to jail. Mm. Um, in jail, he read this book and it completely changed his life. He became a very like well-behaved inmate. I think he even got out for good behavior. Yeah. He left uh, and he started planting churches all over America. Mm. And he became one of the most famed people in the world. His name is Malcolm X. Yeah. You know, the book that he read was the Quran. Quran, yeah. So if your reasoning for the Bible being the highest authority is it changed your life, then he can also come to you and say, well, the Quran is the highest authority yeah. because it changed my life. Yeah. So he was like, you need mm. to go even deeper than that yeah, yeah. because someone else can come to you and be like, something as ridiculous as I was sitting and like, I can't remember what example he gave, like, you know, this tree, 
I saw like you know I had this vision and then I ch- it you know I ch- yeah, I changed yeah, yeah, so now yeah. this tree is my authority and yeah. based on your reasoning he's right yeah so he like he now brings out his arguments where he goes now into like historical things about the number of manuscripts and blah 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 um so he basically goes at it from the intellectual perspective yeah. and like the historical perspective as to why he's like this is why I believe what's the title of the video. I think it's I think it's why I believe, why I believe. the Bible. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then, but then that's the thing with when you're like digging something, it's a wormhole. Yeah. And yeah, you you keep going because then now I found the video of the guy who was now countering yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> that message, and he was literally going through like the points, and it, like he said this, but this, and he said this, but this, and then like. Yeah. Okay. Uh okay, we're, we're wrapping up. Um so then he said this and um then I saw another video of it where he did it much later on. So his tone had changed a little bit and he also kind of addressed what some people said, you know, the basically the problem being circular reasoning. Mm-hmm. Basically that's the problem being with the proving the Bible is circular reasoning, it's using the Bible to prove the Bible. Like, why is the Bible the word of God? Well, it's the word of God because God says it's the word of God. Well, where does he say that? In the Bible. (laughs) So it's like using the word of God to prove the word of God. It's like using the Bible to prove that circular reasoning. And then... It's not its own proof of its authenticity. Yeah, he went the historical route. um, but But then he said something really interesting. And he said, if there's a bit of a conundrum where if I believe that the Bible is the highest authority and if I want to prove its authenticity, I can't go to any other authority because there is no authority higher than itself. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it can only be, be through circ- circ- yeah. circular reasoning because yeah. it is the highest authority. So there is no other authority to which I can go to to try and prove it. So I was just like, oh, that, that was actually quite deep. Wowzers. That's why they go to the root of history. Can we end it on that? No, I don't. It's the same well, thing. Well, well, well Glenn, back again and just have like a... Yeah, on this topic specifically. Yeah, yeah like a topic-based conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so Lumba, I know you're the one who reached this far. Thanks, thanks <laughs> yeah. for listening. That's if she hasn't slept yet. She covered three hours. Dude, thanks for coming through, man. Cool. It's been, it's been insightful having you here. It's been, it's been awesome. It's actually surprising. It kept on going. For me, I only noticed because I looked at the time. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Hours. Longest podcast. Three hours. Yeah. At two hours, I noticed. I was like, yeah. no, three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. It's been cool. Uh, we had a blast. We did. Metallica. <laughs> like, I had dreams. Okay, <laughs> I had dreams the whole week I think I slept only three days in that week it was definitely understandable yeah it must be understandable man and on that note this has been the ethos podcast with Dan O'Tomano Mooka Lerato peace out